Ahoy there, land lovers! It's me, Kevin Smith. Jason Hughes. Have you ever wanted to get lost on the high seas with Jay and Silent Bob? Well, you're going to have your chance in the year 2024. Join us for Jay and Silent Bob's Cruise Askew. Live podcasts every night. We got a movies on board. There's a View Askew Museum. What else? Music, dancing, hooting, right. hollering. What are you waiting for, man? JayandSilentBobCruiseAskew.com. We will protect you from sharks. Welcome, welcome, kids, to Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I am Mark Bernardi. Hey! Ho! Thank you for being here. We're coming to you live tonight from Smodcastle Cinemas in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Uh, Put your hands together so the folks at home know you're real. Uh, I was just, we were having a conversation right before the show started and I wanted to finish the conversation, but I also felt like the rest of the people at home can hear because it wasn't very inside baseball, but it was at the same time. I just got a text from my child, my 24-year-old kid, and she was like, I hear you're drinking a lot of Celsius's. And Celsius is, the, it's going to sound like a commercial, but it's, believe me, after we're done talking, it's not a fucking commercial. <laughs> Celsius are these drinks, man, that you find at like 7-Eleven and stuff. And my kid sold it to me as a vegan drink. She's like, it's vegan. And she's like, and it's, it's, it like perks you up and stuff. She was drinking a bunch of orange ones. So I tried one and I was like, you know what, it's not bad. And then I found that a grape and I love grape. It reminds me of like grape, Welch's grape soda, which I grew up drinking. So I've been, you know, pretty addicted to this. And what does it say? It says, live fit. So that's like healthy, right? Like, Because they say so. You know what I'm saying? It, like at the top, it says no sugar, no preservatives, live fit. That's their whole thing. And zero calories and, and shit. And my kid was saying like it's vegan. So I'm like, well, this is, this is yeah, there's no, nothing wrong with this. So I've been drinking a bunch of them. Kid was here two weekends ago at the theater when we did a Superman Live script reading. And she saw me just pounding Celsius's. And she's like, how many of those a day do you drink? And I was like, 10, why? <laughs> and she was like, did you ever think you've got more caffeine than coffee? And I was like, well, I don't drink coffee, you know? And she's like, but you're a fucking heart attack victim. <laughs> she's like, I really don't think you should be having that much. I was like, well, how many am I supposed to drink? She's like, like maybe three max a day. She's going, honestly, but like one. I was like, fucking one? No, like I... <laughs> really used to pounding these and shit so she made me like promise i'd go down to one but her her boyfriend's here now austin um is here in town and the fucking piece of shit ratted me out <laughs> and said he's drinking all the celsius and shit i mean you know what you could drink tell me grape soda i know but this got all the sugar in it this got like zero calories so i can pound like 10 of these but apparently it jeopardizes my cardiology in some way but it's drink. like an energy drink. It's like, you know, Jason Muse was like, oh, yeah, this shit's like a Red Bull. Yeah, so just like, drink it? soda, man. Yeah, but this says live fit. <laughs> it's all about health and shit. Um, kids, how many people have traveled from outside of New Jersey to be here today? That's fucking right. Uh, here, it's normally we do this on the other side of the country at uh, the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Tonight we're doing it here at Smodcastle Cinemas and whatnot. But 
uh, we still have the power of the scum and villainy cantina on our side because with us as always is Banff man. Give it up for Banff man, JC. Banff. Woo! <laughs> hi, hi, JC. Hello. You watch Ahsoka? Uh, I did. I did watch Ahsoka. All right, so you'll be able to talk about it later I on. I can chime in. Did you guys see it? Uh, I did. I, I did not. I have feelings. Okay, we'll, we'll share. It'll be like therapy. That sounds like very positive. Yeah, <laughs> I have thoughts and feelings. All right, so we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, how you been doing? I've been good, man. I've been good. I, uh, this, is, this is the second leg of my East Coast tour. My first leg was, uh, was to Ticonderoga, New York. Nice. Right? Like Fort you, Ticonderoga. Exactly. Uh, there are two things of note in, in Ticonderoga, New York. There's an old revolutionary era fort, Ticonderoga, which is why I went there, because I was doing some research for a thing. And they have a, uh, it's the original set, uh, a replica of the original set for Star Trek, the classic series, right. in Ticonderoga, New York. Like, you got to see that. Yeah, like some dude was like, I'm going to rebuild all these sets. So we got a hold of the original schematics and designs and just fucking built the Enterprise in what looks to be a strip mall in Ticonderoga, New York. Did they sell tickets to it? Yeah, it was like 25 bucks a head to like walk around. Were you by yourself? Surprisingly not. There were others there? Yeah, like I, I showed up at like 3.30. I'm like, yeah, next tour is at 3.45. I'm like, all right, dope. I'm just going to walk around and buy some shit. Oh, can I use the bathroom? Yeah, go ahead. And then walk you down the fucking Enterprise back and through. And hey, there's Bones' office to the bathroom. And I walked back out and there's like 20 people in the fucking lobby to take this tour with me in Ticonderoga, New York. Do you know where Ticonderoga, New York is? Nobody. How? Why? <laughs> ah, see? So you went to see the set? It is surprisingly You were just awesome. shocked there were that many people in Ticonderoga at the same time who were like, I have an idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I drove into I'll town. spend my day. And it's like there's 5,000 people in Ticonderoga, New York, and like a tenth of us were seeing this tour right. at the same time. <laughs> Math overwhelmed you on this one. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> and it, it is pretty fucking dope, though. Because but it's not screen used. It's uh, just somebody some, who built a replica. They have some screen used props that right. they have acquired over the years, but it is just a we built it to the specifications of the Deji Studio. It's just cool studios. in and of itself. And they lit it well, and it's, it's pretty fucking dope. I'll just say it. Like, go to Ticonderoga, New York, buy some pencils, go on a tour, <laughs> and, uh, and maybe see a fort, and then you could leave. Which there is what is, I man. did. Some travel fucking advice. Ooh. In the same place in Ticonderoga, they're building Enterprise D. I mean, I guess. No, I won't fuck with a D. The D, that's my enterprise. I won't fuck with the D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Sounded so hardcore, and then I was like, they're talking about Star Trek. I will fuck with the bloody A, the bloody B, the bloody fucking C, and the D. Um. It's how weird to stumble into that and be like, there's something to do here. I didn't think I was. I was like, oh, I'm done touring the fort, uh, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And I drove past it, literally by accident. It's like, fuck it. Tour. It was kind of dope. So if you're up in that area, kids. And what were you at a comic book store or a show or what? Uh, I went to go tour 
Fort Ticonderoga. I just flew for that? Just for that. I was like, I'm going to be in Jersey anyway. How far is fucking Fort Ticonderoga from New Jersey? Like five hours. Uh, <laughs> Holy so shit. Like I read on. I thought you were in a place and you were like, oh, this nope. place happens to be here, but you went to that I, place. I red eyed from LA to Newark, then to Albany, then picked up a rental car and drove two hours north of Ticonderoga, straight to the fucking fort, walked around the fort, took a bunch of pictures, some video. I'm writing a thing that I might set in Fort Ticonderoga. So I'm like, I'm going to be there. It's just five hours north and treated myself to a fort tour. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> Fucking A, the man. The most glamorous fort tour ever. What an interesting life you lead. It's the first time I've ever done that. I've ever done like a research trip. Right. Like, I'm a, I could find And you were researching Fort Ticonderoga, not Star Trek. No, I know enough about Star Trek. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it just happened to be there. It so just happened like, to fucking be two there. Two birds, one stone. I, yeah, I didn't even expect to have to use that other stone. <laughs> Good to know, man. Yeah, fucking man. I. Uh, and then you came here. And then I came here this morning. I drove down. I left at 8 o'clock, drove straight to New Jersey, got myself a fucking giant bagel with Taylor ham and cheese on it. Pork roll, my friend. Listen, Pork I got to ask for it as Taylor ham outside of Jersey. Otherwise, nobody knows what it is. Um, and got some some pizza because you can't get that shit in LA. Yeah, it's true. Um, in f- LA, there's only one pizza that's easy to fuck with. That's, I mean, all pizza's edible. A pizza's like blowjob. It's no bad pizza. It's fucking <laughs> all pizza's amazing. But they do pizza at, um, at Mulberry Street, which mm. is very much like New York pizza. I will Real tell fucking you, thin. there's a there's a. It started in the pandemic. The pandemic seemed to be a haven for motherfuckers in their house trying to replicate shit they couldn't get outside anymore. Right. And so there was a dude who lived in, a, in East LA who was like, I miss New Jersey boardwalk pizza specifically. And so he like fucking did all the work and he went into the lab and he created what he called secret pizza. And if you went on his Instagram at certain times of the day, he would lower a fucking box out of his apartment that was filled with what he considered to be authentic New Jersey pizza. And I know it's fucking pandemic is weird. Yeah. And uh, and since then, like it got so popular, he had to like take over pizzerias and do it. And now he's got a real brick and mortar place called Secret Pizza. And it's fucking dope. Granted, it's L.A. And so all it has to be is like the shittiest pizza you could buy in New Jersey. <laughs> and it's the amazingest pizza you can get in L.A. But I've, and it's expensive and it's like an hour away from my house. But I bought it like five times and I've spent like forty dollars <laughs> on a pizza. <laughs> But it's fucking great. Like the dude, uh, Shappy, the guy who was a, a working actor in L.A. during the pandemic, missed Philly-style soft pretzels and, like, just fucking made them in his apartment over and over and over again, started giving away to his friends, then selling it out of his house, and now he's got fucking brick and mortar, and he's been dropping them off at picket line locations. Like, who wants a fucking pretzel? Like, I want a oh, fucking, fucking pretzel. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Speaking of which, how has been uh, the struggle? fighting the power uh, the struggle continues you've been out there i i've been out there i ran into harley uh this week out there on wednesday i was at uh i was at disney my kid was picketing you she's like fuck you yeah fuck you you don't get to hang out with my dad anymore <laughs> spending too much time with him <laughs> um but no she uh she was out there she on, was there for sag you were there for for the wga wga it was the day of solidarity amongst all the unions so it was sag and wga and the teamsters who were not fucking around at all they will continue to step on dicks um 
and uh, and Ayatsi, which is the sort of the, the crews and the below the line guys, and and it was kind of fucking amazing. It's always amazing being on the line, but when there's a thousand people, two thousand people on a street, all just kind of it's rowing in the same just direction, a row of humanity. Yeah, and to hear fucking Martin Sheen exhort us to action, like President Bartlett was like, "Fucking step on the man, get what you need." Bartlett for America. I'm like, yeah, Martin Sheen. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Um, I mean, that is kind of the charm of that, like, union. Very it's much like, so. It's like, oh, my God, the guy who's talking is a guy I've seen in movies. I know. Is that Ron Perlman? <laughs> is Hellboy at this fucking rally? Like, yeah, Hellboy's here. What is going on in the strike? Any progress? No. <laughs> and the last come to an days. end. Uh, no, there's there had been some conversations between the studios and the and the writers guild right. um, that broke down catastrophically because they continue to treat us like we're children, and we continue to tell them that we're not that we're grown and we wear big boy shoes and adult pants and everything, and so we got to get what we got to get, and so now there's hopefully they're going to sit down again next week and hopefully they'll sit down again the week after that until we get a deal that we can live with and all just fucking go back to work. Is it feel like? Two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back or no steps in any direction? Um, the, the big step was when the actors joined us, which meant that like I didn't have to be the most attractive person on the picket line anymore. <laughs> right. I was like, guys, this has been really heavy. This load, it's, it's tough on my shoulders. But <laughs> Send more beautiful people. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, it's me. Um, and uh, so now the, pic, the, the actors are here, and so it's like a fucking musical fantasia. Like, they were literally doing West Side Story at Universal the other day. Like, Rachel Bloom, Sharks and Jets, for real. And they want to know a girl named Maria. And I'm like, great, I don't have to show up that day, because I don't know the words to any of those songs. <laughs> have you seen, other than Martin Sheen, have you seen other famous people there? Um, they're, they're, they're in, if you looked at them by their face, they're kind of incognito, because, like, they're all like overgrown, like beards. Like the, the things actors do when they're not on camera means they grow like bushy ass beards or whatever. Right. But then you see them like, they're all got their guns out, their arms are all bare. And it's like, oh, you must be an actor. <laughs> you work out like on the regular. Cause you're not cause your doctor told you you should walk more. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see, I saw Bob Odenkirk the other day. I saw Nathan Fielding the other day. I saw Kerry Washington the other day. Um, I mean, they're out there, and they don't even have to promote anything. They're do you still there. get? Do, is there any party that's like that fucking person's famous? Um, do you get starstruck at all, even on, on any level? A, a teensy bit. Like I saw Viola Davis the other day, and I was like, "Oh shit! <laughs> you fuckers are in for it now!" Yeah. Fucking the She's woman, a really good there. actress. She's got Oscars and shit, you guys. <laughs> Never mind Nathan Fillion. That's fucking Viola Davis. <laughs> that's the queen of all she surveys. Uh, not that often, but occasionally. You're like, fucking yeah, she's here. Gonna get a picture? No, that's weird. Don't ask for a picture, you moron. Just, just walk behind her and to the left. I remember when I was a kid, 1995, I was in uh, Universal, and we were in the commissaries. Me and Scott Mosier, Jim Jacks, and we were in the process of making mall rats, either pre-production or post. And we went to eat lunch in the commissary, which is just like the restaurant on campus. And Sean Connery Ooh. was sitting there right next to our table. And the whole fucking meal, like me and Mosier knew better. We knew it's like, hey, man, like we're, no, we're not rubes. We're trying not to be rubes. So it's like 
eyes front and shit like that, but it was fucking Sean Connery doing every simple thing. And so like, we would fucking look over, try to talk and be casual and then fucking look over and then I'd be like, Sean Connery's eating soup. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And we would try to do this shit and just watch him eat his soup. And you would see him like, <laughs> look over and see us fucking looking. But everything that motherfucker did was like, he does it too. Would you pass me the salt? He said he wanted yeah, salt with an H. Salt doesn't have an H. Stars, they're just like us. <laughs> it was fucking dope, man. Um, let's uh, get to our sponsor real quick before we okay. dive into our show proper. Kids, we have a sponsor. Thank the Lord. Somebody believes in us enough to advertise at the beginning of Fat Man Beyond. And that sponsor tonight is the good folks at Immy Eats. Go to I-M-M-I Eats, I-M-M-I-E-A-T-S dot com slash fat man right now. You get five bucks off your first uh, order, man, while we sit here and talk about Immy Eats. Immy makes ramen that's vegan and really, really good. Um, they don't make it necessarily with uh, animal ingredients, hence the vegan part of it. Um, they do low carb, high protein, time crunch, life-changing fucking food, man. Now, I've eaten it on more than one occasion because I just used to love ramen and then I had to stop because I went vegan. But now they found a way to do it where it's like, oh, this tastes like chicken, but it's not chicken. It's chicken or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so many apostrophes in your food. So many. Um, but I absolutely dig it. Have you fucked with this yet? I did. And I, at first I treated it the way I usually treat vegan food, which is like, no. <clears throat> And then it's like, I, I, and I was like, oh, fuck this shit. It slaps. It does, right? Surprisingly so. Not, be, I mean, it's possible for vegan food to taste good. Uh, hence Celsius, also not yes. a sponsor. But and that's uh, good for you. But every time I, I encounter, and it's good for you. It's, <clears throat> it's like milk with caffeine and sugar. <laughs> Concentrate on Emmy. Yes. Uh, I did not expect it to taste as good as it did uh, to the point where I ate it twice, which is not a thing that I often do with a vegan food. Look at food. that, man. That's proof that he was into it. Emmy is the eat tastiest way to put carbs, uh, to cut carbs from your diet so you feel better every day. This tasty, uh, high-protein, vegan ramen allows you to stay full longer, keeps you energized, and keeps you on track for your health goals, man. <laughs> <laughs> well acted that was fucking fantastic i was trying to be like the energetic person like having to sign baby got back <laughs> you were you're like that dude in the mighty mighty boss tones that just dances behind him and shit keeps the energy up. the flavor flavor <laughs> yes yeah he was the total flavor flavor that moment yeah Amy. <laughs> stay lean each packet of emmy has only five grams of net carbs keeping me lean and active man you get more protein in your diet with up to 22 grams of protein three times more than the traditional brands Emmy is perfect for a pre or post workout meal so essentially anytime <laughs> but while you're working out they don't recommend eating it uh prevents you from eating junk food yes helps you stay in shape you throw up the guns very nice <laughs> you get to eat ramen again man they've got 300 calories and 85 percent less net carbs than normal instant ramen 
so you don't have to feel guilty about eating something you love. It improves your gut health with 18 grams of fiber, which is amazing for gut health and digestion. We got the hookup, man. Go to immyeats.com slash fatman or using the code fatman at checkout to get $5 off your order. That's immyeats.com slash fatman to get five bucks off. Give it up for the good folks at Emmy Eats. Emmy sponsoring our show. We did okay, it. Okay, we did it, man. Thanks we for coming, everybody. Yes, there it is. <laughs> um, all right, what do we got to talk about? Well, we got some news and we have some reviews. What would you like to start with? Let's start with reviews. You've seen everything, right? Uh, almost. But Dude, I've seen enough. We're going to dive into some shit. If uh, it's spoilerific and you don't want to hear it, leave. Leave, yeah, I guess. <laughs> or just do this shit, la la, quietly to yourself. Um, but we're going to spoil some flicks and TV shows that have been out. What do you want to start with? Uh, let's start. Let's go old to new. Okay. Uh, did you see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem? I did not. I didn't, but I hear it's wonderful. How? Wait, don't you own a movie theater? I do. <laughs> but I've Would been you busy. live upstairs? I do. I should have seen it for free, but I have not seen it yet. And everyone who I know has seen it loves it. Um. It's really, you hated it? Okay, it is fantastic. It's good. I very much dug it. This is the one that Seth Rogen did? This is the Seth Rogen Jamie Jam. Um, that it, it owes quite a bit to Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. In that Into the Spider-Verse was this kind of like paradigm shifting, artistic, fucking boundary breaking movie that yes. let animation look different than it ever looked before. And this is like the, the next phase in like it just it looks like art. I mean, it looks like somebody drew this fucking movie nice. to the point where, you know, it, it, it's kind of sketchy at times. It's a little loose at times. The ability to make that as a computer animated movie is kind of phenomenal. Um, the performances are f great. Like they got fucking teenagers to play teenagers and not like 30 year old men right. trying to pretend to be like, gosh, Raph. They're actually fucking kids. And they did this thing where, I mean, you've made animated things. Most of the time it is an actor in a booth by themselves recording their lines. And then you'll kind of put the scene together in editorial. They put those four kids in a fucking room together. And let them do it. And just let them do it. And so all of this byplay, all of this conversation, all these just little moments that you get when you put kids in a room together to be kids, it's so fucking refreshing. It doesn't sound as sterile as it can sound. It sounds like a bunch of teenagers who like each other hanging out together. And that in and of itself makes it this, this kind of wonderfully rich experience. Um, and they monkey with the origin story a little bit, but it makes perfect sense for the movie. Okay. Um, they explain where the ooze comes from. They, the, all the bad guys are kind of out of the same ooze that made the good guys, spoilers, there's ooze, I guess. Um, Secrets of that ooze? You know, there, there may or may not even be an ooze song. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I heard they did T-U-R-T-L-E power. Yeah, they did. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty deep cuts right there. Very much so. Um, but it's super fucking fun. It's like 89 minutes long, so I think you would love it. You're, you're, nice and short. You, you've got a, you've got a, a length kink. Um, shorter the better. I wouldn't call it a kink. I... <laughs> Just prefer things to be on the shortest How side. How long is this movie? Is it 86 minutes? I'm in. <laughs> I don't have that much time for a lot of fucking 
lengthy thing. I mean, I hate to admit, I have not had a chance to see Oppenheimer yet. Is it because... It came and went. We, it finally, I think it left this theater uh, this week, so I missed my chance to see it here. Um, but I'll see it. Don't worry. I just haven't had a chance. Yeah. On your phone as Christopher Nolan intended. <laughs> intended. Like, <laughs> boy, he did a good job. Oh, this IMAX is great. This I big. did see Barbie twice, though. Did you? Yeah. Did, uh, we ran it again at one point for Malcolm, my friend Malcolm, and I was like, oh, I'll fucking watch it again. And it fucking held up. What a wonderful movie that is. They're re-releasing it in IMAX, I think, in a couple of weeks. What, they hadn't done that? No. And, but now it's got, like, new post-credit scenes. They've sweetened the deal? In case it hadn't already made more money than any other Warner Brothers domestic yeah. release ever, it needs to make a little bit more. That's smart marketing. I would fucking rewatch that movie if they were like, now with more ship. That's like how they sell Barbie, now with a hat. <laughs> um, all right, so Turtles worth seeing. Absolutely. If you can find it, I'm sure it'll be on streaming in like a week. Um, I think it's still here. I think we held on to it. I'm not sure. That's Smod Castle, but it was here. Hmm. All right, what else you got? Uh, Blue Beetle. That's here. That's still here? That's definitely here. Did anybody else see Blue Beetle? How what were you, your thoughts? Um, I, uh, I, I dug it. It's, it's an origin story, and so it has a lot of origin story stuff in it. Right. And I'll be candid, I'm a little tired of origin story stuff because it always feels a bit like every other origin story. Right. Um, like, it's, it's very greatest American hero. It's like, I found this thing. I don't know how to use it. There's a bad guy who I've never met but has powers kind of like mine. I'm going to figure out the thing. I kind of don't. And there's a big showdown with a bad guy who looks kind of like me, also in armor. We're going to fight in the sky. Like, you may or may not have seen a movie like that before. <laughs> um, I mean, what? Achingly familiar. A little bit achingly familiar. But, like, the lead actor, Zolo, whose last name I'm not even going to. He was in Cobra Kai. He's in Cobra Kai. He's Charming. Great. Yeah. Like, he's just super fun. Like, I, I always ride for movies that are very specific about who they're about and where they're from. And so to see like your first real Latino, Latinx, Latina superhero and his family and his world mm. is so fucking great. Very Ms. Marvel, right? Very Ms. Marvel. Very, you know, the, the thing that I always want, though, is that my favorite example of that is Miles Morales. Yeah. My favorite example of most things is Miles Morales at this point. <laughs> but Into the Spider-Verse, it is very, very clear that he is an Afro-Latino kid. Right. Who lives in New York. and but it's not about him being an Afro-Latino kid who lives in New York, but you'll never mistake it for anything else. Right. You know, the easy sort of just the language drops out when like there's Spanish and there's no subtitles. Like either you know it or you don't. Right. Like the music he listens to is very fucking specific. Like, so it's about him being that without the movie being about that. Right. Whereas this movie gets a little heavy at times about like, okay, he's Latin American and we're going to talk about immigration and we're going to talk about the border and we're going to talk about and talk about it. I'm like, hey, I get it. This may or may not be the only time you get to do this, so just fucking load it with all of this shit. But I, I love it when it's more character-based and not plot-based. Right. Um, and they spent a lot of fucking money on this movie. This it was movie. about a, They were doing it as a um, Max, well, back then as yeah. a HBO yeah. Max movie. Hell, as an HBO so, Go movie, I think it even started. Is that right? <laughs> That's how long it's been in development. And their budget was like $100 million or, or just a hair under yeah, 100 Yeah, it was like $90 million and then it inflated to 150 and then like dropped back down to 90 
But either way, all of that is kind of too expensive for this kind of movie. Right. Like, and I'm always just like, you know what? They made John Wick for $40 million. Right. They made Attack the Block for $15 million. They made District 9 for $30 million. Like, if you've got a movie that you're not sure there's an audience for, but you're taking a gamble, then fucking make it cheap. Yes. If you can. So that way there's just more upside. And so this movie needs to make $500 million to, to, to be profitable for Warner Brothers. It never will. Right. And so it kind of sets itself up for failure. And it's hard to spectacleize any anymore you know like we've seen everything we've seen yeah. dragons we've seen armor we've seen thanos like there's nothing you can do on a screen that will make me go oh shit did you see what they did except for like avatar 2 and that's james cameron and that's billions of dollars poured into the screen and even then we're like a whale yeah look <laughs> it's a space whale who can talk though it's a space whale <laughs> You know, and so spectacle is not enough anymore. Right. Like we, we need character, we need plot, we need surprises, we need innovation. And that's the stuff that's kind of free, right? Like that's all on the page. And so don't even try to dazzle me with a big armor fight that's CG at the end. Like it's not gonna be better than Endgame and you can't compete with it. So just zig what everybody else is zagging. Like don't spend this money if you Good can't advice. actually deliver it. And I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, it astonishes me that there's a Batman movie that costs $250 million to make. Yeah. The fucking dude in a suit who drives a car. That's practically every movie. <laughs> and punches people. I'm like, how is this costing me $200 million? You're shooting it in Chicago, right? Like, you're not building a city in the desert. Like, huh? Yeah, I agree. And this one had to be more because it's got special effects. The suit does everything. He's got like an Iron Man suit of sorts. Right. And I like but still, I it's it. like, why would you risk that much on? This isn't even the Blue Beetle that is like insanely well known over decades, Ted Cord. This no. is kind of the newer Blue Beetle who's been around for a while and has been in the animated series. But it was always just kind of a risky character to jump out there with. When they were like in the midst of the streaming wars, and they're like, we're doing everything. Fuck it, we'll do Blue Beetle. That makes sense for them to be like, well, let's bring it to theatrical. That, that was always very surprising. This over Batgirl is yeah. what got the nod. It was between this and Batgirl and this moved forward and Batgirl got written off. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's some there's some legit humor. There's some really great jokes and the, the character, the family, all of that stuff is really rich. But it is like and again, the, the Latino market is vastly untapped. And so I get it. Like, let's go get this money if you're executive who uh, can occasionally make good decisions, like, yeah, let's go get that fucking money. But let's also hedge our bets. Let's moneyball this a little bit more. Right. And this is not a moneyballed movie. Um, will it have a sequel? Um, not at this rate, I don't think, but it wouldn't surprise me if Blue Beetle factors into Popped whatever into else. one of the next flicks, like uh, Superman Legacy. Or yeah, something. like, you know, Big Jim Gunn will find a place for that guy. I, I decided keep... he's like a wrestler now, like Big, Big Jim, Jim Gunn. Gunn. Lots of people have been like hanging his name on Flash and Blue Beetle. They keep going like James Gunn's Flash, James Gunn's Blue Beetle. But I'm like, he got there before, like all that shit was going on before he got there. Mm -hmm. So that's not his. It don't really kick off until he takes off with Superman, right? Right. And that's 2025. Five. Jesus, that's so long away. <laughs> um, all right. Well, but for now, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Thumbs up. Not, a, not an enthusiastic thumbs up. But it's like a good time, and it's like 95 minutes long. They stuck the landing. Oh, I love that shit. I see? <laughs> Sounds amazing. The kink is real. Um, all right, what else are we talking about? Um, 
Well, you know what I saw before I came here what? today? Um, I went to the movies today. This movie theater? No, because you don't have this movie at this movie what theater. What is it? <laughs> Gran Turismo I saw today. Oh, you went to see that? I did, because I was a fucking player back in the day. Uh, not, it's based on a video game. It's based on a video game, and more to the point, based on a true story surrounding the video game, which is at some point in, I'm going to say it was like the early 2000s, um, Nissan decided to hold a contest to find the best Gran Turismo players in the world and invite the 10 best of them to a GT Academy, they call it Gran Turismo Academy, and the best who performed in this academy, which took place behind actual fucking cars, right. got to join the Nissan uh, racing team. And it's about this kid um, whose name is uh, something Martinborough, Martinborough, can't remember his fucking first name. Uh, starts with a J. Jess? Jai? No. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, but who joins, who, who did this? He was a great player at home. He fucking entered this competition, wins it, goes into fucking the GT Academy, number one in his class. Seems like a real life Last Starfighter. A hundred percent, the Last Starfighter. Where they're like, you fucking are so good at this game, we want you to do it for real yeah, in space. Yeah, come join. <laughs> join us and fight Conan and Zero Armada. <laughs> That's so fucked up. That really happened? It really happened. It and like the real guy. And again, who, it's like, you can drive real well in a video game. Come do it in real life. Yes. Come sit behind the wheel yeah. of this $100,000 race car that goes like 250 miles an hour and maybe don't die. Hope you don't die. And that happened. And that happened. Did the kid die? <laughs> I'm re now I'm really intrigued. Uh, he did not because the Fuck. I listen, dude. It's a sports movie. It's fucking. It's it's Rudy plus driving. So it's going to end triumphantly. You're then going to see fo you know, like archival footage of the actual real dude who did this. Like, he made it. He made it, and he was a stunt driver in the actual movie. My fuck isn't so much that he Jan. That's it. That's like Jan Michael. My Vincent. fuck isn't so much that he. Uh, it's that he wins. I was hoping it was more like a bad news bears were like, he went all the way and then he fucking lost. Well, yes, that's the end of the second act where he fucking loses. And then it's like, I've got to put myself back together. I've got to get behind the wheel of this car. I've got to, I've got to fucking win to prove to everybody back in the ends that I'm not a fucking asshole. Is he British? Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so I was like, I think you're having a stroke. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, he's played by Daniel Kaluuya <laughs> as Hobie from Across the Spider Verse. I've always been this cool. <laughs> uh, it's kind of dope. Like I didn't expect much from this movie, right? And it was surprisingly effective because it's a sports movie, and we are preconditioned to understand the rhythms and the beats and the emotional stakes of a sports movie. And as long as the guy you want wins or wins. The emotional story, if not the plot story, like right. it's Rocky, right? right? Like we don't care if he wins or not. Along, he wins as long as he has the popular vote. It's all good. Yep. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but no, it was. It's 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 two hours long. It's a little long for you. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> two hours about f fucking fake racing and then real racing. Yes, which is all fake racing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> It's a long time. That's like the Oppenheimer of video game movies. <laughs> but uh, but it was but kind technically of a video game movie. Technically a video game movie. So technically dovetails in to the Fat Man Beyond uh, mission statement. Audience, yeah, truly. Wow, fucking A, man. Yeah. All right, so that's another thing. God, you've been busy. 
I'm trying to pull my weight, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to lift the all tides. Boats, um, tides. What? What's the last thing? The last thing saw? we'll talk about is uh, a little Star Wars television show. Folks, how many people saw Ahsoka? Okay, and how many people before they watched Ahsoka had seen all of Star Wars Rebels? And like most of the Clone Wars. Okay, you all were far better prepared for Ahsoka than I was. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, yeah, those cartoons go deep. Some people run deep on those animated series. I mean, and I, I get it. If you, if you hit fucking Clone Wars at the right age at the right time, uh, it was Mother's Milk because we didn't have a shit ton of Star Wars in the world. And, right. like, that was carrying the banner, flying the flag for Star Wars. And, uh, and, and, and I get it to a degree. Uh, I was not one of those people. Um, Clone Wars, I watched some of the first season of Clone Wars. I'm like, there's 100% too much Jar Jar in this for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I say that as a person who knows Ahmed Best, who's a lovely, lovely man, but too much Jar Jar for me. Um, and so I kind of just tapped out and I tried to revisit it during the pandemic and I got like a season and a half in right. and we didn't get to the cool shit yet and kind of tapped out there. And then when I saw they were doing the show, I was like, all right, bet. Somebody tell me the 10 Ahsoka episodes to watch. And I did. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's cool. Like I dig the character. I understand it. Right. Um, and I never watched the one where she faces off against Darth Vader. No, because I was in Rebels. Is in Rebels. And I saw the first two episodes of Rebels, and I was like, nah, I'm not feeling it. And never went back to Rebels. That, I, I didn't fuck with the whole show, but I definitely fucked with that story arc. I, I found it through a series of YouTube clips, you know. And YouTube <laughs> editors will take a show that's like too long and make it real watchable. <laughs> so I saw the entire Ahsoka and Anakin Darth Vader arc, which was incredibly powerful especially considering that i don't go very deep on the character mm. but knowing what that character was in some of the limited stuff i did see watching their relationship hit this place where you know it was very much like darth vader and ben Kenobi, was quite thrilling and they did some amazing things with that character that you're like fuck this should be canon never mind some of the other shit they've done and now it sounds like or feels like they're making all that shit canon yeah, you know, and like, listen, I am 100% on board for you if you love Rebels. I'm 100% on board for you if you love Clone Wars. The issue that I had with this show is that for the first time, it felt as if I needed to have watched both to understand and appreciate and be invested in what happened here. Is that right? You were like, who the fuck is Ezra Bridger? I was like, I don't know. Who's Sabine Wren? I don't know. Who's right. this person? I don't know. Who's Grand Admiral Thrawn? I don't know. These people all seem that this is important. But I don't know. And, and it was the first time that, that Star Wars made you feel like a little old man. <laughs> it, <laughs> what are, who are all these new people around here? I, I don't know them. That ain't Star Wars. Well, it, it, for the first time, for me, it felt like a, like a walled garden. Yeah. In that previously on Star Wars, if you came to the first chapter of any trilogy, right? Episode one, episode four, episode seven, you didn't need to have previous knowledge. Like, it taught you how to watch it. It told you what was important as right. you were doing it. Like, I didn't know what a Clone War was. I didn't know what a Jedi was when I showed up for A New Hope. And it taught me that. Like, who's the big bad guy? That one in the big black hat. Like, <laughs> he's the bad guy. 
What does he do the first time you see him? Bad guy shit. All right, I know, he's the bad guy. Who are your heroes? These people. Do they have a relationship? Not really, but the old guy does. Like, it helps you form these connections that help you follow the plot, even if you don't know, because I know there are kids who saw the fucking prequel trilogy and had never seen the older stuff, a Star War. And so you could watch those movies and still understand what it was. If you'd seen the, the, the OG trilogy, all of this had context and importance, and you could attach your own emotional connection to it. But the movie taught you who to care about and taught you their relationships. And now? I watch Ahsoka, I'm like, I don't know what the relationship is between Ahsoka and Sabine. It seems like there probably is one, but I don't know what it is. Mm. When they meet each other, there's no response emotionally from anybody. And so, like, all right, so she's got her arms crossed because that's what Ahsoka seems to do. And the other one is, like, rebellious for reasons I don't know. And, oh, did they used to, like, is this one, are they both Jedi? I'm not sure. They both have lightsabers. Sure, maybe she's a Jedi. And my friends are like, no, not at all. This was a whole thing. If you'd watch these 12 episodes or whatever, I'm like, but I shouldn't have to. You know, like, it's weird that this is being visited upon us. Because we've spent so many years talking to other people going like, well, you just don't know the backstory. <laughs> and now we've finally reached a place where the people are like, well, you just don't know the yeah. backstory. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to watch this and explain it to my wife? That was my favorite part about watching Marvel shows <laughs> during the pandemic was because I could rewatch them and then she'd be like, what the fuck's going on? And I'd be like, pause. Let me tell you the whole story. It goes way back to Iron Man, first off. So now we've reached a place where somebody's going to have to pause and explain to us. Like old men. Yeah. Um, but like, like, I love stories that have history within them. Right. right? Like, I, I, I think back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. When you first meet Marion. Yes. Like, you don't know the history between her and Indiana Jones. But in that first scene, like, oh, you get it. That like he's being kind of fucking chilly. She's being very angry with him. There's some shit that he did in the past that she didn't love, but now she's gonna force him to kind of apologize so that she can get what she wants and he can get what he wants. Like you can. It's the second movie you've broken down without using any words from the movie that made me want to watch the movie again. <laughs> like you just did the same thing about stories. You're like he's the guy in black, and then these cats are just mean, but they met the old guy once. I was like, that sounds like a good ass movie. <laughs> And then when you just described Indiana Jones, I was like, fuck, that sounds good. I, I didn't like have to, to get to like, but I was young and I was in love. Yes. Too young, probably. Uh, You're talking about Marion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is a whole other fucking story, you guys. Yeah. Did you, we talked about this before, right? We the, did, because she even says it in the movie. She's like, I was in love. I was a child. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. And like, there, you can find it online. There's, there's a, a transcript of what they call the Raider Story Sessions, which was between Lawrence Kasdan, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas. As they were, they, they ran a tape quarter while they were breaking down the story of, wild. of, the, of the movie. And, uh, and there was a conversation about how young Marion was and one person in that triumvirate wanted her to be very young like 13 or 14 years old young who was it i'm not gonna say (laughs) but you can do the research it's on the internet and the other two people were like that's too young george (laughs) (laughs) perfection (laughs) 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? American Graffiti has that teenage girl in it, too. I think we're fucking on to something here. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, but so when you watch that movie, like, you get the emotional diagram of their relationship. Right. I don't know how going on Ahsoka. Ahsoka and Sabine, I don't know who Ezra Bridger was other than they made a painting of him. I don't know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is because we never see him. We ne- All we hear is, oh, he's coming back. Yeah? That's bad, right? Maybe. Okay, uh, we should go and find this fucking apple of destiny and maybe it'll help lead us to one and or both of the people who are not in this scene. There's another, like, we got to find a thing that leads to a star map thing. Yes. Big fans of star maps. Yeah, they really are lately, man. Isn't you know. that the plot of the whole last Star Wars movie? Uh, yeah. Like, we found a fucking machine that lets us find the old empire. And then we got to decode the thing that will maybe lead us to the person who is important to us. They're doing that again? So far. And, like, listen, I'm always here for Rosario Dawson. She's always fucking great. But it seems as if the direction for her is, like, cross your arms and, like, glare. And then maybe do some cool Jedi shit with lightsabers and then glare some more. And, like, she can do anything. Yeah. It's just a little frustrating for her to not get to do anything. And I thought that was the fucking point of Ahsoka, right? Like, from what I understand, she was the person who left the Jedi Order because she didn't agree with their fucking, like, strictures and rules about emotional investment. She rebelled a bit. So she's like, I'm done with this. Like, you guys, like, this is the reason why you get a Darth Vader. This is the problem with the Jedi. And so I'm fucking out. Deuces. Peace. I'll see you. And that was right before Order 66, right? Right. So that's why she's alive still. And so... Where is that? And that hasn't happened in this yet, or it has happened? It has happened. It's in the past. Because they're very much like they're Jedi alive. Like there's a... There's and a so Anakin is Darth Vader at this point. Um, yes. Yes. She's... Bamf. Oh! He's here! Somebody's here to talk Star Wars. Save us, JC. My What's up, Bamf, man? Darth Vader's gone. Ahsoka takes place concurrent with Mandalorian. So like So this is in return post return of the Jedi. This is post return of the Jedi. She's met Grogu. She knows Luke. This is in that time period. But isn't this also like don't they recreate shit from Rebels specifically in that first pilot episode or the first two episodes? So doesn't it like sink into the Rebels timeline? It doesn't yeah i mean it does in that like lothal is the planet that they're all hang out at in rebels but it's been five years like lothal is like kind of destroyed and beaten up and crappy in rebels and now it's like a cosmopolitan city so it's been since rebels it's been like eight years essentially they're saying it's rebels season five does that sound right to you yeah, if Rebels season five took place eight years after Rebels season four ended. Wait, but you're saying this is Rebel? Ahsoka is Rebel? Yeah, I think he's saying it's uh, the continuation of season five is what Ahsoka feels like. Feels if like it took place animated show. eight years later, though, right? Like Rebels yeah. ends at A New Hope, and then there's three years of the original trilogy, and then this is five years post Return of the Jedi. Did you fuck hard with the cartoons? I watched all the cartoons. 
So, like, when you watched Ahsoka, where you're like, I get it 100%, or did you need a catechism as well? The things that excited me most about Ahsoka were the things that referenced the Heir to the Empire book from 1991, not the stuff they called back to Rebels. Um, That's what got me excited. And Grand Admiral Thrawn. It's just like, I shouldn't have to fucking go to the library and do the reading. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I watch TV and movies, so I don't have to do the fucking reading. Says the person, like, yeah, but if you entered the MCU at Ant-Man 2, you'd probably be like, what the fuck is this? There's yeah, I wouldn't have to go back to 1978's fucking Ant-Man issues. (laughs) You know what it was? I'd watch Ant-Man 1. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you don't need to... The book stuff is, like, exciting for me because... I read that book when I was 10 years old. The but not essential to enjoy. But not show. essential. Yeah. Not essential. The but uh, you do have to watch those shows to care about what's happening. What do you think of Ahsoka? Um I loved that it felt very much like those Timothy Zahn books that I loved in the dark ages of Star Wars when we were never going to get any more Star Wars. Right. Um I thought the mind's eye type of Star Wars. Yeah, and I thought that the in the first episode, I thought it was shot very cinematically and pretty cool. Um, I every time I see another dark Jedi, did we lose him? Yeah, Yeah, I I just sounds like you're struggling for something nice to say. Every show, I don't know why we need another dark Jedi in a dark Jedi robe with a apprentice every show you know like i've watched a lot of star wars fan films and they're all like what if there was a mandalorian who was also a jedi and then in ahsoka they're like what if we took sabine wren who was a mandalorian and we made her a jedi and i was like cool like that's been in every fan film since kevin rubio did uh i was gonna say clerks kevin rubio didn't do clerks kevin rubio did uh troops uh you know, so I just, I feel like I'm watching the highest budget fan film I've ever seen in a way. Cause like, you are. I mean, the, it's put together by Dave Filoni, right? But the ideas seem very like rehashed in a lot of ways. Um, so I wasn't super, super excited Piece about of it. Shit, man. <laughs> if somebody told you years ago we're gonna give you a fucking Star Wars show, you'd have been like, oh, oh please. Oh. I would and I got now that. that's so many Star Wars show they're like, nah, this one's not but, to my taste. Put this one back. <laughs> the the last Star Wars show we saw though was Andor. Which yeah. didn't have any lightsabers and didn't have anything and was just magnificent from start to finish. So this, this show require any previous knowledge to show up for Andor. Just be fucking good and just you know, be in the world and tell me a story. That's all I want. I, I, don't, I don't want the cliff notes to have to figure out, like, who's that? What do they have to do with this? Who's the bad guy? Like, just fucking tell me and I'll figure it out. Couldn't I feel like out. after two episodes, it's only two yeah. episodes, but after two episodes, I think it's be- I, I have enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. And I probably liked it more than Mandalorian season three. But it doesn't touch Mando season one or two or not even playing in the same league as Andor was. 
And it's only been what two episodes so far? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about an hour and fifteen in. How many episodes they do in total? Seven or eight, I think. Eight. Right, so they still got time to capture your heart. I mean, it'll be cool. Again, like the plot of the show is the book that I loved when I was a kid. So like I'm heir in for it. Yeah, heir to the empire. But it's not like Andor was just so good. I think you're following some. I think you're. They're trying to follow the best Star Wars since you know 1983, in my opinion, or 1980, in most people's opinion, who weren't children when Return of the Jedi came out. So. Andor yeah. not really a kid's show though, right? Doesn't really capture a child's imagination. Like look at no. discuss politics. <laughs> I want to be that boring guy. I'll be the other boring guy. Nobody whips out a lightsaber or anything, right? No, there are yeah. no lightsabers so this in is Andor. The show of like, hey man, when you think of Star Wars, you don't think of motherfuckers talking. You think of this shit. Schwam, schwam, Although schwam. ironically, there's a lot of fucking talking. In Ahsoka? Yeah. There's like one like, we're still in the thing from the cave, like fucking uh, Star-Lord. And then there's like conversations about shit. And then maybe another fight at the end of those 45 minutes. And it's a lot of like, hmm, briefing scene. Hmm. She's not going to want to talk to you. Hmm. Well, maybe she will. Hmm. Okay. Let's walk in this hangar. Hmm. 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 I, hmm. I, I, <laughs> Rumpf. May the harumph be with you. <laughs> I I just so feel with, like having watched the cartoons, and maybe I'm yeah. partial because I did watch, you know, hours and hours of the cartoons. Like I want to say, like the Hera character was like, oh god, I'm gonna get killed for saying he's this. Like, applauding you. Better like, just motherfuckers acted in the cartoon than in live action, and actually like kind of like looked more realistic like the makeup just doesn't look great on the characters you know the ahsoka makeup is good but like the hera makeup is kind of weird and like strangely less realistic than the cartoon was i don't know i'm probably getting killed in the chat room <laughs> <laughs> don't go read the comments bro welcome to my world <laughs> everybody in the chat room was like here goes mark he's gonna shit on ahsoka where's jc to save the day and i was like oh. <laughs> what about the mention of the new galaxy there's a new galaxy a, a galaxy of wonder a galaxy of dreams and hope. Two galaxies is a galaxy beyond the one. Right. I, it's like they're hanging. Yeah, he's hanging out where the spaceship was at the end of Empire Strikes Back, looking back on the other galaxy. Like, it's not not a new idea. Like, Outbound Flight Project written by Timothy Zahn and the entire New Jedi Order. Oh, this is just recycled. Cut, no wonder you fucking knew it so well. Mark's like, I'm fucking lost. <laughs> JC's like, oh, it was spontastic, man. <laughs> Timothy Fall, whatever the fuck. Um, uh, all right, man. So Ahsoka worth watching, though, or no? Worth it's watching, good. but mid. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> the worst thing you could say on the internet. Mid, fuck. I'd rather be called not worth watching than mid. Damn. Which, presumably, most of my shit is always not worth watching, but mid hurts, man. Fuck. I mean, I'll watch it for Rosario because, again, I'm a huge fucking fan. Yeah, I will. But I just, I, I, want it, I want it to engage me. I want it to, to, to help fucking hold me by the hand and tell me what I'm supposed to care about. 
like fucking Mando season one, even though I was a little ambivalent about it at the jump, I was like, oh, but it doesn't require me to know anything. Right. Other than to do the helmet. I think he's a Mandalorian. Sure. Let's go fucking bounty shit. Let's go do it. And he's got the fucking kid with him. There's no Grogu. There's nothing for me to emotionally invest myself in. There's just kind of adults having quiet conversations about shit. Bam. Grogu. Oh, Bamf Man's back. Can I also add the thing that drove me nuts about Kenobi, which also they did like right off the bat in this, and sorry, spoilers, but like she gets stabbed by a lightsaber and then has a little blister in the morning and is like, time to go fight again. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi was murdered by a lightsaber. We saw lightsabers kill people for 30, 40 years, and now, like, anybody yeah, who gets stabbed by... He, he atomized Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, now everybody who gets stabbed by a lightsaber, it's like burning yourself on a hot pan. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Anyway, it ran over. It Once on again, stunning? man, it's like, fucking, what a rarefied generation this is, where, like, you'll bitch about, man, you should die from a lightsaber strike. <laughs> We have so much Star Wars now. They're like, we can't kill everyone who touches a lightsaber. And like, I, I also had a little lightsaber pet peeve. Like, Jedi were modeled after samurai. Yeah. Abundantly clearly. Yes. A samurai duel lasted like 18 seconds long because every stroke was a killing stroke. Either you didn't block it or you fucking died. These lightsaber fights go on for like 10 fucking minutes. And all they're doing is whamming lightsabers together. Like, none of these are killing blows. They're not even trying to be. We're just going to fence for a while. Right. Like, what is this garbage? Like, fucking kill that person. <laughs> like, what? What? Why are you all so bad at this? <laughs> yeah, just fucking like, oh, bam, 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 junk, and go home. And also, like, and I'm sure Jay-Z has an answer for this. Um, why doesn't any Jedi use the Force to turn off the other dude's lightsaber? We've now, we have so much Star Wars in our lives, we've now reached the inevitable clerk's point where <laughs> the audience starts breaking it down and being like, this don't make sense. Let's make fun of this. But you're absolutely right. If everyone's fucking got the force, just be like, click. Yeah. What? Click. <laughs> click. It's just a series of turning it on and turning it off. It's like flashlights in the dark. Yes. <laughs> There's no moves. It's just going on and off. Like, click, 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 click. And then they just keep moving the beam closer to each other. Yeah. It's considered what? Dishonorable? There's an answer for this already? That fucking rocks. All right, hold on. There's a real answer. It's considered dishonorable to turn off the other person's. Fucking Sith. bad sportsmanship? Yeah. Sith has an opinion on sportsmanship. They're like, you can't turn that shit off. That's, you know, as bad as we are, that's really bad. Yeah. Pardon me, how evil are we? Oh, not that evil, though. We'll kill an entire fucking planet. We will kill Alderaan. Yeah. But I will not turn your lightsaber off, sir. I will kill a room full of children. <laughs> but do not fucking switchy-switchy my lightsaber. You snap my shit off and you're a bad, monster. Just bad a form, monster. Sport. Bad form. Goddamn living rancor beast. That's hysterical. And what's even better is that you know that. How do you know that? Oh, 
that matters whether you're a wuss or not in the Star Wars universe? Because I'd be like, I don't give a shit if anyone sees me as a wuss. I don't want to get burned by a lightsaber. So that's it. If it's too Sith, Sith, Sith on Sith action. It's dishonorable to turn off a Sith because you're going like, you're lower than a fucking rebel or whatever the fuck. Like, you're not even good enough to be Sith, and you know we're the bad guys. Fucking A. Bamf. Ooh! Oh, shit. Nerd fight! I'm just... All right, hold on. We got another explanation. Go okay. ahead. What is it? Hold on, JC. What is it? When you're dealing with Force-sensitive folks, and they're fighting each other, He's reading a Legends of the Sith book. That you can't turn a lightsaber off. All right, hold on one sec, guys. I got to translate this to everybody. <laughs> Including the fucking bunch of people at home. So what we're finding out from the audience is when they fight, they put up this kind of force bubble of sorts that wouldn't even allow an opponent to turn their shit off. They're like, that's level one, bitch. <laughs> if the physical fight of lightsaber against lightsaber, but also the mental fight as well. Again, force against force. Fucking A. All right. I mean, it, it all sounds to me like now we're going to have a third. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all sounds to me like this all started when Mickey Mouse started writing the rules of canon for Star Wars <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> he fucking pulled out the D word, man. All about that D. Yeah. All right. So let's just all admit. That fucking for the sake of moving forward. We don't know why. People don't turn off other people's fucking lightsabers. Brilliant fucking move, I would say. But oh well. Plot armor. Made um, of scar. Right. Watch it, skip it, whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> as, as with all things, watch it, skip it, whatever the fuck. Um, okay, there's some shit. Mark, watch some shit. Give it up for Mark, man. We watch things. We watch some shit. Uh, before we dive into news, I have some news of my own. Uh, JC, you got some graphics for me? So on September 27th, we're doing an auction. Now, I do auctions here at Smodcast all the time before our, our things, but we're having this Ooh. auction with Bodner's Auction House online. The URL will be in the chat or whatever the fuck or somewhere on our page. Um, I'm auctioning off all my comic book artwork, the stuff that I've collected over the years. Yeah, it's a pretty impressive, like, there's stuff I collected from my own works. so there's a lot of Green Arrow, there's a lot of Daredevil, um, but there's stuff that I was collecting before I started even writing comics. A lot of Matt Wagner up there. Um, there's a Frank Miller Daredevil page up there. So we start the auction, it kicks off, I think you could go online and start bidding online, like, right now, and then on September 27th, we do a live auction, it's a Wednesday, and we go for, like, hours online. 
It's because, what a great question. He asked, is it because my house is small now? It's true, I used to live in an 8,000 square foot house. We had other people living with, God, that sounds fucking braggy, It sounds it? very fucking like- I just threw that spoons. out like a fucking one percenter. I was like, you know, we've all lived in an 8,000 square foot house. I did, I used to have, it was Ben Affleck's house and I've lived in it for like 20 plus years, so much so that I've never stopped calling it Ben Affleck's house, but still, I've been in it for a long time. Um, once the kid moved out and got her own house and once Jen's parents moved out, um, suddenly there were two of us walking around this gigantic fucking house. It was like a scene from Citizen Kane with her doing puzzles on the floor and shit. So I was like, let's get out of here, man. That didn't work out well for those people. So I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. They're fine. Yeah. The Hearst um, family's great. The Hearst family doing okay. So we found a place in Studio City. It's a lovely fucking house, man. It's great, especially for the two of us and the two dogs. The two dogs, by the way, have made their way out here. They're going to be out here. I'm out here in Jersey for like a good month and shit, doing what I'm not supposed to say. But um, my dogs have come out, and so they arrived early today. They weren't supposed to arrive until Sunday, and they arrived two days fucking early. And the whole idea for them to arrive Sunday was we rented an Airbnb with a yard and stuff. Right now, the dogs are up in the apartment, and the apartment, I live in the apartment that's above the movie theater. It's adorable. It's like a like a cobbler living in a giant shoe. <laughs> but there's no room for two German shepherds upstairs, and that, yet that's where they are right now. Um, so I know I'm gonna leave here when we're done with the show, go upstairs and find mountains of dog shit, and fucking <laughs> my sneakers will have been eaten and stuff like that. But yeah, they're out here for the journey of a fucking lifetime. Um, so anyway, wait, what does that have to do with my auction? Nothing. Nope. <laughs> That, is the house too small? The house too small, thank you. So, yes, the house, we used to have all this wall space in the house we lived in, but in going down to 3,000 square feet, we lost, lost a lot of wall space. So at that point, I was like, well, this shit's going to go into a storage unit, or I can make it available to the public and stuff. Not to mention, we are in the middle of two fucking strikes. We are indeed. It's been a weird business year. So not just the house is smaller, but also I'm poorer. I guess is what I'm getting at. And I got to raise a little bit of loot. So we're having this auction with Bodner's, man. Beautiful fucking pieces of artwork. You can start bidding now and then live on November 20, not November, September 27th. We'll be auctioning and stuff. Can Lots I, of great artwork. Can I get some shit? Fuck yes. Jump uh, in there. I will give you a vegan cheeseburger because I am also on strike and have no money, but I would like some cool shit. <laughs> So let me fucking just, vegan wimpy. You're like, yeah, like I will hey, give you a vegan cheeseburger <laughs> for a piece of art today. I have a truck full of vegan jerky, and I would <laughs> like a daredevil page, please. Yeah, that daredevil page is nice. Yeah, there's a lot of cool pieces in there, including all the covers that Matt Wagner did for my Green Arrow run and stuff. So they'll fetch some decent prices. But you can go bid. All the starting bids are low. It's like ten bucks and shit. So you can get in on the action, even if you don't think you're going to win. You don't know. Could be somebody who's like, I don't fucking want that. And you'll walk away with a piece for 10 bucks. I think there's a very rare piece that we were talking about. Remember when we met the dudes on the strike line? Yes. Brian, Brian K. Vaughn. They and, brought up uh, pieces from Hitman where Batman mm -hmm. has his shoes thrown up on. Mm -hmm. I think I have that page in there. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So Magic K. Vaughn was looking for that piece. I remember he asked Yeah, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn talked about that specifically. Um, so there it is, folks. The Bodner's auction happened September 27th, or you could start bidding today. All the information is up there on the website. Um, can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Can't wait to see who gets these pieces, what they go for. It's fucking fun. I love auction life. Um, all right. What do we got? News time? Uh, we got a little bit of news. Uh, news has sort of slowed to a bit of a trickle, given that in Hollywood, 
nobody's buying anything. Nobody's making anything. That's true. Uh, nothing is in development. Nobody's casting anything. So all of the things we would normally talk about are not happening. But we still found some shit. Took some doing, but we found some shit. Had to dig deep. To dig really fucking deep. Uh, should we talk about it? We should. Mark Bernard used to cover the news, man, before he did anything else. Every once in a while when we're doing this show, he goes back to the news and he brought some news for us tonight. Give it up for Mark Bernard with the news. Uh, yeah, finding news right now is other than the strike. What stories are there? It's uh, it's a little bit hard, but every now and again, there's some cool comic book shit. Okay, there's a there has been a wave of like release date shifts, uh, mostly because what has happened, especially with the actors being on strike, is that they can't promote anything. Yeah, and if they which can't, we saw with Blue Beetle, they felt like Blue Beetle was hindered by folks not being able to go out and do some press. Also hindered by the big storm. Indeed. Were you back? Were you home for the big storm? I was. Uh, for those who don't follow, California had like weather for the first time ever. They gave us. I know there was like a tropical storm. Fucking, in it Los wasn't Angeles. like a moderate seventy-eight degrees. It was fucking. There was a, a well. It became a tropical tropical storm. It but started first, as a they were like it's a hurricane warning. And in case you've never been in Los Angeles when the hurricane is coming, it's like a comet is about to fucking strike. Yeah. Like, you guys, there's sandbags, run on food. Like, it's going to be fucking crazy. And it was like it rained a bit. Yeah. And there were mudslides because there's always mudslides when it rains. Um, and it was a little chilly because it's always chilly when it rains. But that's kind of it. Right. Um, it wasn't the snowpocalypse that everyone was no, expecting. No, no. And I'm like, I'm from the East Coast, motherfuckers. This is just like a bad yeah. day in October. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like, Come I've been, on. I've been tempered in East Coast weather. This is fucking nothing. Yeah, get that weak shit off my track. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the storm apparently might have stopped four people from Los Angeles from going, but they like <laughs> shut down the Alamo Draft House Theater. They're like, because of inclement weather, we just want to be safe. Like, is that right? But you're indoors. Is that a fucking drive in? Just yeah, and also people like to go to the movies when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, simmer down. Um, but so uh, a movie that I was desperately looking forward to that was yes. supposed to open in 2023 in a couple of months has now shifted to 2024. Uh-oh. We will have to live a little bit longer to live long with the fighters. Uh, that uh, almost worked. For Dune. Dune Part 2 has been delayed to 2024. Oh, shit. Yes. And that's a Warner Brothers movie. March 15th is when we will have to wait to see. So this is a company that's like, look, we were able to advertise Barbie. Uh, we can't advertise this movie. Forget it. We'll yeah. just wait until we can throw Timothy Chalamet out there and shit. Absolutely. And so it's a good sign. That means they feel the strike will be over by then. Well, it'd be a better sign if they left it in November. True. Good point. <laughs> good point. Yeah, that shows like no faith whatsoever. Like, like, we're not getting done with this until the end of the year. Yeah, truly. Um, which is like not awesome, but also like do what you're gonna do. We'll get it eventually. Um, I also didn't know that there was a Godzilla versus Kong The New Empire movie, which... That was also Warner Brothers? It's also Warner Brothers, and that's now shifting back a month um, to April 12th. But, you know, we're still going to see fucking Wonka and the Marvels, apparently, and Equalizer. What did you think of that Wonka trailer? You know, like, <laughs> there, there is never another Wonka that's not Gene Wilder. Right. I kind of don't care. Like, I like Chalamet. Right. I think it's like, whatever. But I never get the feeling that he might kill a kid. <laughs> and Gene Wilder absolutely fucking shivved a bitch if you just like ate Truly. the wrong candy. 
there was a sense of danger to his Willy Wonka because yeah. it was almost it was sociopathic to some degree. Yeah. Like, like I don't care what oh, happens no. to you. Whatever will happen to him. You could either die at my hands or inherit all of this. Yes. You get nothing. Yeah. It's like that dude, yeah, he would happily just watch a child float away into the ether. Yeah. Just so he could figure out a new corporate CEO. <laughs> Um, so like Sean, I'm sure it'll be fun and their songs and whatever. And it's a dude who did Paddington too, I think. And I love everybody loves Paddington, Paddington, Paddington too. Do you not love Paddington? I said too? everybody loves Paddington too. I'm I've just... never seen it. It's over 86 minutes. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it isn't though. It isn't. I've never seen, it, but I've heard everyone I know who loves it like speaks highly of it. I've never met anybody that's like fuck Paddington and Paddington too. They're always just like, oh, Paddington 2 is like the Godfather 2 of Paddington movies, man. It fucking just it creates a whole new saga for Paddington. I put it on my top 10 list the year it came out. You're like, Paddington 2? I was like, fuck yes, Paddington 2. Feel some joy, bitch. You're going to want this. <laughs> and I made a mental note, like one day I'll get around to that. Yep. Hadn't happened yet, so whatever. So this is the same cat did Paddington 2. This is the two. same cat. Um, so yeah, fucking Dune Part 2 has been delayed thanks to the... Uh, uh, Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Studios producers fucking around and not making a deal with the writers. Boo! Give me Dune! Boo indeed. Now Boo. we gotta wait for another movie or two. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, you're talking to a fucking film exhibitor, somebody that owns a movie theater, so as much as you're like, I don't get to watch my movie for a few months. I'm like, who the fuck is gonna come to my theater, man? <laughs> like, ain't no Dune, there ain't no, what was the other thing? Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Which we didn't even know was coming, but right. there ain't none of that. Ain't none of that. You know what that means then? What is it? It means you have to program the OG Dune and the fucking new fucking Dune yeah. in your theater. We you did that once. Remember we showed Dune? Yeah. Fucking nine people showed up. <laughs> no, they did. It was fucking, it was the other one that nobody showed up for. It Streets was of Fire. Streets of Fire. Yeah, that we was had, like. We had like a hundred people here for Dune. Did we really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might have to. Well, no, I got another thing that I want to do. What do you want to do? Because this the thing we're doing tomorrow is the thing that Mark came up with while we were doing the last episode of Fat Man Beyond. <laughs> Talking about, he was like, we should do a film festival of Tim Curry movies called Keep Calm and Curry On. And we didn't do a festival, but we are doing a double, double feature, feature, which Only is Only because we night. couldn't think of a third. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is so weird because everyone was just like, uh, Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror. Yeah, Oscar and Fern Gully and Oscar. Yeah. Um, also, we could have done Muppet Treasure Island. That we was could a have lot done. Of, see? So Ernie thought of that, too. Ernie's like, why didn't we do Muppet Treasure Island? We'll do that as a separate Muppet event, because Muppet shit does well for us. Unless, I don't know if we could show it, because it might be Disney, right? Uh, I don't know who has the distribution rights to those older movies. but To the older movies, yes, but uh, like a Universal had Muppet movie. But mm. Muppet Treasure Island might be flat yeah. out Disney, which means we can never get access to it. Um, but I got another idea. Tell me. Uh, I, you know how I am notoriously a pussy when it comes to horror movies? Yes. I want to do the Hunt for Dead October and nice. program some horror movies. Nice. Which it, ones? From a guy who never watches them. What uh, would you pick? I want to do The Thing. Yes. Which was a, yeah, which one? Black and White or John Carpenter? No, John Carpenter. Come on. And who did that? Does anyone know? Uh, i Universal. Universal. John Carpenter. Well done, my friend. Universal. So that will be easy to get. That'll be easy to get. I want to do Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Nice. Who did that? 
Universal. Also Universal, easy to get. So um, far, you're batting a thousand. And I want to do Evil Dead Two. And who has Evil Dead Two? Is that Warner? Warner Brothers is easy. Not Disney. Not Disney. Warner Brothers is easy to work with as well. Shit, we can get all those movies. Get all those movies. See? And you want to do The Hunt for Dead October? Yeah. Fucking okay, when? This uh, October coming up? This October coming up. Who wants to go? We'll get it going. See? If I, can come up, if I can pitch you a fucking slogan. You, you got good ideas. <laughs> kind of rhymes. What I'm kind of for. pun can I do? That's how we got here. I mean, we're actually like tomorrow night for the double feature. I think we're at 170 or something like that. It's pretty sweet that that many people are like, fuck yeah, I'll watch Clue and then Legend for one price. Yeah. Which, yeah, tickets are still available. If you're watching at home and you're like, what the fuck? Clue and Legend? All I have to do is get to New Jersey? Let me check the airlines. <laughs> Dear Come on out and fucking watch. Did you fly out for that? Did you? From where? You flew out from Michigan? Welcome. Give it up to the Michiganders. What about you? Where'd you come in from? Oregon. Oregon. Give it up for Oregon. That's a fucking huge trip. From Buffalo. Buffalo. Fucking A. Today. What about you in the back? Los Angeles. Los Angeles yeah. in the house. That's where we normally do this. England? What the fuck? England. The one that's overseas? Not the new one that we got here? Fucking hey. Hopefully you got other shit to do while you're here. You came up just for this. Fucking A, man. Why didn't anyone else come from England? Did you? You're also from England? Do you know that guy? <laughs> That'd be amazing if you're like, it's you, bloke, it's you, mate. Cool, blimey. <laughs> the only two British people into our shit. What part did you come from? London. Literally from London. You also from London. From where? Up, up north, north. What's it called? Wakefield. So from London and Wakefield. Fucking A, man. 544 kilometers to get here. What is that in real math? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What is that in the math that nobody else in the world uses? <laughs> yes. 5,000 5, miles. So that's like 7,000 miles? Jeez Louise. That's a long ass trip, man. Well, thank both yeah, of you man. for coming. You're a flight attendant. You worked the flight out here? And then got oh, moving from shit. New York to here. So how long were you? Right off the plane, like fucking people like oh, you were here at your final destination, like fuck off, I'm going to the fat man beyond. <laughs> Somebody get this up. man a Celsius. He's gotta be exhausted. Yes, truly. He's only slept a few hours at twenty-four. That's awesome. Whenever I get off planes, I'm never like, I wonder where the flight attendant's going. And in this instance, had I gotten off that flight, you would have been like, I'm going where you're going. Yeah. Can I bum a ride? Yeah, <laughs> jump in my car. Fuck. That's awesome, man. A lot of people from outside the area. All right, what else you got? Um, you were a big Veep fan. Huge you? Veep fan. Just watched it again last night. I'll put on an episode and go to sleep to it. And wake, I woke up this morning, 12 hours later, and it was on like 10 episodes later. <laughs> it just runs in my sleep. I love it so much. Um, Armando Iannucci. He's the guy that created he Veep. He created Veep. He also created, what was the British show he did? Uh, Thick of It. Yes. Thick of It. Yeah, well done. With one of the doctors from Doctor Who. Yeah. Peter, Peter Capaldi, Capaldi, that's right. That was before he was a Doctor Who doctor. Capaldi, Capaldi. Um, you say I, Capaldi, <laughs> I say. 
what's the movie you love? The one with the fucking hairdresser. Right, he's talking about Star Wars, the hairdresser who fucking fucks a robot. <laughs> Star Wars? Anyway. That makes me want to watch Star Wars again. <laughs> the way you describe it, I was like, that can be sold like that. <laughs> um, he's written a short story for, uh, for Daredevil. Are you serious? In the yeah. comics? In the comics. I love when legitimate people take interest in the shit that I like. Yeah, like he's written a uh, short, uh, an amazing Spider-Man short for uh, for Amazing Fantasy One Thousand, and now he's doing a fucking uh, Daredevil short. Fucking a man, that was one of my favorite characters as well. I was always drawn to him because he had a Catholic background. I was like, I did that shit. <laughs> I know what that's about. Um, and he also mentioned that he's working as an executive producer on a new American TV show for HBO about the making of a fictitious superhero film in Hollywood called The Franchise. Oh shit! Um, and so now I want to see that. I'm down like a clown for whatever he does. He's talented. That Veep was wonderful. Yeah. Um, finally. Last piece of news. Last piece of news. Because again, the fucking, the, the, the larders are bare. Yeah. See? British shit. <laughs> that was just for you. Just for you guys. Classy educational shit. Um, for the first time, uh, Disney Plus is printing. Uh, I know. See, I'm fancy. and continental. Know, Very fancy. Um, WandaVision, The Mandalorian, and Loki are being released as 4K UHD and Blu-ray later this year. Um, surprisingly, they've never fucking minted discs for shit that no, people would buy. No, for their own shows, because the idea is they're driving you to sign up as a subscriber. Yeah, and then they were like, but we could make money, and money's great. And uh, So they're going to sell physical copies. They're going to sell physical copies. And so if you love those shows... Um, you no, no longer have to worry about them being yanked from a service because nobody's watching them. You can own them again, like we used to do. Yeah. Um, like we used to spend billions of dollars to buy shit. Which ones are they doing? WandaVision? WandaVision, uh, Loki Season 1, um, and Mando Season 1 and Season 2. They'll make a lot of money. When does it come out? Um, Loki Season 1 is September 26th. WandaVision is November 28th. Uh, Mando season one um, and season two are both on December. It's a novel 12th. gift for a Star Wars or Marvel fan that says, "I care enough, but not that much." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if you bought them like a Mando season one, somebody'd be like, "Oh, I would never think to buy this for myself." They're like, that's why it's a gift. <laughs> I know you loved it and watched all of it, but here. yeah, just in time for Christmas, absolutely, Indeed. and or Indigenous Peoples Day, and or Thanksgiving. That's right. It's a perfect Thanksgiving gift. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we always do. Yeah, here, have this turkey. Um, why do you think they're doing it? They want money? I think so. I think all of these companies are beginning to realize that. <laughs> you think they want money or they're doing it because they love us, Mark? They love us. <laughs> but like video used to be the driving force of Hollywood. Fuck yeah. Like, well, it, I still have a career, man. Because even if my shit didn't like do theatrically well at home video, it did very well. That's why my career, like that's why I got as far as I got when I got there. Yeah, I mean, it used to be that you could make a movie and your first big, like, it's the reason why anybody gave a shit about Princess Bride. It flopped in theaters, yeah. and then generations discovered it on VHS, on Laserdisc, on DVD, on Blu-ray, because it just kept on being rented and bought and passed along. Mm. And it used to be the, the driver of how Hollywood used to work. A thing didn't need to make a billion dollars in theaters because it could do very, very well over a long period on video. And then with streaming, they just like, fuck it, we don't want to make that money anymore. We want to get your $15 a month, which, to be fair, works for some people. Yeah. Like Netflix does very well at getting your $15 a month. Uh, Peacock, less so. Um, 
so I think these streamers are beginning to realize that like, hey, we, we have turned off a spigot that used to give us money. Let's just turn it back on again and see what happens. It is kind of found money at this point. They were never intending to do it that way. And if they just throw it out there, they could see the, oh my God, we could sell a bunch of units. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we... And then, yeah, exactly. Everything old is new again. We're like, holy shit, if you sold a thing, people might buy it. Fancy that. What uh, a great question. Would actors get residuals on those shows? If they were doing physical media, don't they have to? It depends on the contract they signed, because that contract may or not, may or may not have media. had That's right. language about physical media. Um, it would, yeah, it's... <laughs> Nice. Look at this. A pro-union town, Fuck man. Yeah, step on some dicks. Well done and shit. You know, and also, like, it's, they're, they're going to start, I think, the first two se- two episodes of Strange New Worlds is going to air on CBS. Mm. I don't know if those actors get residuals for that, even though it's going to be, there's going to be commercials on the television where their episode airs because they signed a new media contract. They signed a streaming contract that did not have provisos, I don't think, broadcast transmission the strike has brought a lot of attention to the subject of residuals um which was a word that if you knew if you were familiar with back in the day meant somebody working on a tv show or something like that was seeing money for the rest of their lives and it's true to some degree um like there are people you know we made jane silent bob strike back over 20 years ago at this point and there are still people that talk about like oh i got my check for jay and bob 12 cents But like, you know, it's still the trickle down. Then there are people like like Joey Adams was in Big Daddy mm-hmm. and her residual checks are like still fucking substantial, like a couple thousand bucks and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, So if, you, if you're in a very successful movie, you can live off those residuals in a very successful TV show. You can live off those residuals. But lately, like the thing to do has been to show your residual checks for streaming shows and how fucking minimal they've been. Yeah, I mean, and... I think the most famous example was the actress, I think Sarah Ramirez is her name, who was on Orange is the New Black, which was one of the biggest shows on Netflix. And she was like, I've made maybe $100 in residuals total right. for my time on that show. And she would show off her check of 12, 13, 14 cents. And so, I mean, residuals began as, I mean, we're going to get super inside Hollywood baseball, but like if you're an author and you write a book, you get royalties on the sales of those books. Because you every the time they sell a copy of the book, you get a little you get piece. a piece of it. But in Hollywood, the studios, when they buy your screenplay, they take over the copyright of that screenplay. Right. And so you no longer get royalties for the sale of each thing. But to make up for it, they invented residuals where for each sale, you got some this whole schedule where the first time it's re- replayed, you get X and then Y and then Z and then Z minus and Z minus and Z minus. And it trickles a couple bites of the apple, a couple bites of the apple. And so it used to be a thing where if you wrote an episode of Magnum P.I., you could be reliably um, count on the fact that it would rerun a bunch of times. There, was, there were reruns on the air. Remember that? Like, yeah. hey, cheers. I love that episode. Will I ever see it again? Sure. Wait till summer and we'll rerun the entire fucking season over the summer. And then it'll go into syndication. We'll rerun the entire fucking season then. And that got to be a way people could survive between jobs Mm -hmm. and you could go years between jobs and that would let you pay your rent that would let you like pay your mortgage let you put a kid through school with streaming most of those residuals have kind of evaporated and kind of gone away and nobody's rerunning anything on tv anymore unless it's fucking seinfeld or or you know bob's burgers which i think not gonna look sideways at i fucking love me some bob's burgers but i think it's that it's so there's no chance to watch something 
more than once because there's constantly new content coming out. Used to be a time where shit would shut down, right? Like mm -hmm. you'd be between TV seasons or you'd be between like, you know, summer movie season and then the fall Academy Award type stuff. And then, so there was time to like kick back and anticipate something. Mm -hmm. Now it's just like, hey man, new Star Wars came out this week. And you're like, what the fuck, seriously? <laughs> And next week, something else is going to happen that's going to t completely knock it out of the news cycle. So you're lucky if you watched it from the beginning, because otherwise you got to catch up because something brand new is fucking coming out. So there's never a chance to kick back and be like, oh, my God, remember watching that thing? Let's watch it again. Like the entire era of us growing up and rewatching the fuck out of Caddyshack will never happen again. Like, how could you rewatch a thing you like when you can, unless you're watching Friends in your sleep, just turning it on and fucking going to sleep or something like that. Or Veep in your sleep as well but, but like, generally speaking it's like there's no time to keep up with what's new let alone reappreciate what's old i mean although every now and again you get like suits yeah like that's been the big story of the strike suits for i don't know why um there's lots of theories as to why but suits went from being like a show that was on when characters were wanted on usa to now the most popular tv show on netflix right like billions of minutes of suits have been watched in the last couple of months and uh the creator was like yeah i'm getting about three grand for having created fucking suits wow. despite the fact that it's the most popular show on netflix by far because the formula just doesn't work the way that should compensate him for it's a mixed bag so he's it, like i'm proud as fuck but i'm not making any money but i'm not making it. any money and and who knows why because yeah netflix has a shit ton of new stuff but everybody wanted to watch Suits, and it can't just be because Meghan Markle was on it. Right. Um, and, and maybe it's because, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Did anybody here, were you Suits fans? Yeah? Listen to all nine of you. Yeah. Are you, have you been like just leaving your TV on, looping fucking Suits? With a bunch of people caught on, right? They're like, I heard that show was good. It's been in the news cycle a lot, so now people are jumping on again and again. Yeah, but like every now and again, there's a show like Lucifer was that way on Netflix before that, where it was like, oh, hey, there's seven seasons of a show that's not demanding of me. Right. You know, like Suits doesn't require advanced intellectual capacity. Like, Not like Ahsoka. <laughs> you know. You just jump in any episode of Suits and they'll catch you up. It's a procedural. It's like, all right, the case of the week. What are we doing on Suits today? We're putting on our suits and we're doing law shit. Great. And so... Is that what the show's about? <laughs> I, they call it Suits, so I'm imagining... It was, on, it was on USA, right? Yeah. I remember pitching at USA years ago. I forget what it was for, but it was during the stoner period and stuff. And so when I went into pitch, I was like, we're at USA, right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's where you guys do Suits. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that's the show about twins, right? <laughs> and the guy goes, twins? No. And I was like, well, I see on the billboard, the two it's the same dude, isn't it? <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, those are two different white guys. <laughs> and I was like, get the fuck out of here. I said, every time I see that billboard, I'm like, that's the show about twins that wear their suits. But they were not the same actor. They're two different guys? That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> They're like, all oh, these white dudes look the same to me. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I thought it was... be twins. I thought it was just two of the same dude, and they play as twins or whatever. Like it's a cloning show? But they were literally two different guys. One of them was Why the would spirit. they hire two dudes that look so similar? 
because welcome to television is it part of the plot like fucking no. this dude looks like that dude just find me a handsome white dude and then another handsome white dude and i bet you they look a little the same i think that, i mean look nothing taken away from the show i've never seen it but i think that's a real mistake in casting <laughs> i think you gotta cast two different looking people like fucking luke skywalker don't look like princess leia end of story and shit but the hair both does. jay doesn't look like bob that's right nobody ever looked at the poster for jay and silent bob going like twins but suits, they're both wearing suits. They're both pretty white. <laughs> You're not even wearing a black suit and a yellow suit. Yeah, fucking, it's crazy. In any event, I remember the dude was like, I didn't, they didn't buy my pitch. <laughs> and I think the guy's, because the guy was like, the show about twins. <laughs> you know nothing about our network. One talks, one doesn't. Is that what happens on twins? No. I mean, I'm, it's not called twins. <laughs> I'm like, do you know what the most watched show in the world is right now? Twins. Like People based like, on the movie Schwarzenegger and DeVito? No, just <laughs> two fucking white dudes. Suits. I got to remember that, suits. But in any event, yeah. would you want to be a part of something that's like the most watched thing? Which would be more important to you? Just the credit of like, oh, I fucking created that thing. Or I'm one of the two white guys in suits. <laughs> or would you like, I'd rather have the fucking money. You can only have one. I know you should have both, and that's what we're right. fighting for. But in a world where you can only have one, which is more important to you? Uh, yeah, give me that fucking money. Is it Twins. really? Twins. Well, here's, here's my favorite thing, uh, not in the world, whatever, this, this half an hour, yes. is that uh, there, there are two... It's really narrowing it down. Super, my favorite my, thing my in the favorite last 30 minutes. Since we've been here, is uh, there, there are two uh, creators of TV shows who work in Hollywood. Right. One of them is named Alexi. He created uh, The Rookie, Rookie Feds. He was on Castle for a long time. Um, and there's another dude named Noah who created uh, Fargo. Um, Noah Legion, Hawley, right? Alexi Hawley and Noah Hawley. They're brothers. Are you I sure? Think, <laughs> what? I think they're suits. They're literally, they're, they're twins. One talks, one doesn't. One of them creates massively populist entertainment right. and the other one wins Emmys. And they gotta go to Thanksgiving, and like, like I got all this gold. It's like I got all this gold. I wonder which one of them feels like. How do they feel? Like, what do their parents say to them? So, like, that's. I, I bet you their parents are just like, "Fuck, man, we should have had more of these." <laughs> Look at us. And they're both little gold mines, man. But like the 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 chase between sort of respect and and money. I think I'd choose the money. Would you really? Yeah. I would be the fucking, I'd take the credit all day long if somebody's like, fucking Tusk is the most watched movie in the world. I wouldn't even, you don't, you can keep all the fucking money. Just saying that is fucking gold to my heart, man. Because you have money. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much anymore, hence the auction. <laughs> Bodner's my original comic book artwork, kids. Um, fucking hey, that was fascinating. Indeed. All right, we done with the news? We're done with the news. We did the news. Give it up for Mark, kids. Banff. Oh, uh, Banff man. Hey, Banff fan. He's still with us. What's up, Banff man? I will. I will say, and uh, you owning a movie theater, that Sunday is National Day of Cinema or Movie Theater Day. National National Cinema Day. Yeah. So. I just did a promotion with regal about that today 
movie ticket movie tickets are four bucks if you can That's get right. out on, on Sunday. Sunday if you go to a regal cinema or other i think participating cinemas um including here we're doing it here at smog castle uh you can go see a movie for four bucks and then popcorn and soda is four bucks also right is it oh i think so could you I, see Barbenheimer? You could see Bar the Barbie half of Barbenheimer here. I don't think you could see Oppenheimer. I think it just left. But yes, National Cinema Day. Four bucks to see a movie, kids. Go out and do it. I uh, it's Jen, its own fucking holiday now. Mm. Yes, Jen and I went and got tickets for American Graffiti for four bucks each for its fiftieth anniversary, and then had to hire a babysitter for $125 <laughs> so that we could go and see an $8 movie. Well, you're still ahead of the game, man. $124 is what it cost you. <laughs> Did you notice that dude's shirt, which is nothing but Victor Garber? Oh, shit. Oh, my God, man. In the stoner days, that would have freaked me the fuck out. I'm like, Victor Garber. Um, all right, kids. Uh, now we should jump into JC. You got anything else? Nope. And <laughs> see what away. I didn't want to fucking go over him. Um, okay. Now we come to the Q and A part of the show. Is Indeed. that right? Folks, we're going to Q and we're going to A. You got some Q's. We got some A's and the rest of the world is going to hear it, man. Um, we ready to do this shit. Get her done. I'll let you pick. Oh, I get to pick. Oh, yeah. shit, look at all these hands. And do look we go, I'll translate. Or you can come up here and ask the question, yeah. too. Uh, I, saw, I saw her hand first. Gina, get on up here. Give it up for Gina, man. I'm going to give you my microphone. Here we go. Okay, since you were talking about Ahsoka before, um, there are like a gazillion and one Star Wars universe shows so if you could pick anything in the universe and that goes for characters places miscellaneous things uh which would you like to see a full series be made about in the star wars universe yes. give it up for gina in the star wars universe yeah i mean fuck there's so many options and yet at the same Bam. time I feel i'll give you a second to think we didn't even have a chance to start thinking, man. Go ahead. What? I would love to see. They did a series of books called Rogue Squadron and Wraith Squadron, yeah. which was just Wedge Antilles leading a bunch of hotshot pilots through different missions, like Mission of the Week in X-Wing Fighters. That's what I want to see. 22 episodes a season. Five seasons. Make it for TV. You, you I don't know if they're going to give you 22 after you went so soft on Ahsoka, bro. You were like, it's, uh, it's, uh, they're like, fuck you, 22 episodes. I mean, I don't think they're going to make it because they keep canceling Patty Jenkins' movie about that very yeah. thing. So, but I'd see, I, that's what I want to see. So you just want like, like space above and beyond, but in the Star Wars universe? Mm hmm. Uh huh. Fair. Okay. I want to go back to a deep cut from fucking uh, when we used to do Smodcast, and it would be a Jar Jar Binks series called Misa Kills. <laughs> and it's all about taking you to the dark side of fucking Jar Jar, man. He was done getting fucking shit on, and he's just like, Swoom. Misa Stabby. Yes. <laughs> Misa Kills. If I can't do that, um, 
then I would do, you know what I think would be kind of hot, man, is yeah. like if they did a series all about the animals of the Star Wars kingdom. So like people that bring, where do you get tauntauns? And train them to fucking ride somebody on their back. What mm -hmm. was the first tauntaun's reaction to that? Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, get off no. my back. They weren't. They didn't know what would happen to their fucking fronts later on and shit. Like, schwam. <laughs> but that dewbacks, like first motherfucker who's like, let's train this dewback to ride. Banthas. So you just want like a rodeo show? Like with Star Wars I do. I just, I just want like a mutual of Omaha's Wild <laughs> Kingdom. Star Wars. <laughs> Yes, where you just go around and you're like, this is a do-back. <laughs> this is a rankle. You know, he could be, he could be foreign. <laughs> he could be foreign. He could be Australian. Uh, what about you? Uh, I, I kind of want a young Mace Windu show. Nice. But only if he's like just young Sam Jackson. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, like, whatever. But he's going to fucking roll out with cheese some motherfuckers and like... Like, I just, I basically wanted to be fucking jewels, right. but with a lightsaber. Uh, no, no hair though. He's still going to be bald. He singed but it off with his lightsaber. But he's got to have a goatee though, because he's also bad. He's like Hawk from, uh, from Spencer for Hire. Wow. But also with a lightsaber. Wow. Nicely done. Right. Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad Jedi. And it's all mace. It's all fucking mace all day. It's like, what's he doing today? He's going to fucking lightsaber some fools. He's going to shut off your lightsaber. Why? Because he's a bad motherfucker. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so that's the opening fight scene is he turns somebody's lightsaber yeah, off. Right. And then two people are like, you can't do that according to fucking canon, man. Fucking. Yeah. According to Jedi rules, we don't do that. Click, click, <laughs> motherfucker. <Shung. laughs> um, all right, man. Good question. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, Banff Band's got an answer. Go ahead. Ben Bamboo said in chat, like a Star Wars variety show, but like, what if you did it like Twilight Zone or X Files, where it was like the weird shit that happens in the Star Wars, like the unsolved mysteries of the Star Wars universe? I mean, you're mad at them for Ahsoka. You're asking for a lot, <laughs> man. That sounds clever. I'd fucking watch that. The Twilight Zone of Star Wars shows. People are like, we have so much fucking Star Wars. Now we're doing Twilight Zone versions of Star Wars. I mean, what if? Yeah, you're see, that's that, a good point. That, what if for Star Wars? The thing that I, that I kind of loved um, or almost loved about Kenobi was that there's a, there's a version of Kenobi that ends with Luke Skywalker dying and Obi-Wan training Leia. Right, like so. Suddenly, you're in a whole different fucking universe where I don't know what's going to happen. The problem with with Kenobi was always there's no outcome of this that I don't see coming. Mm. You know, I know that that kid is going to survive. So whatever fucking fake jeopardy you give, Luke will be that guy. But what if he didn't have to? And so I always thought that there was some opportunity in the Star Wars universe to give you that what if. What if he didn't fucking survive that? What if fucking Leia is a Jedi from birth? What if? What if whatever you want? That's true. Um, I think there's there's so much opportunity there, and a way to refresh Star Wars for those of us who know it too well, potentially. Okay, like uh, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood ending for Kenobi, right? Right. Except more people would know who those characters. I are. think of it as the Inglorious Bastards ending. Yeah. More than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Because I remember there were there so, were so they could do a version where they're like the fucking. 
Luke launches at the Death Star and he misses and it lives and shit. <laughs> yeah. And like Luke just spends the rest of his life as like the dude who didn't destroy the Death Star. Yeah. Like, you oh. could have been a real hero, man. But you trusted the fucking force. <laughs> Dummy. I know. He's like the dude by the end. <laughs> like, hey, man. I got close to fucking it really ties the room together, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that'd be that'd be that'd be down for that. That's a cool idea. I'd be down for Star that. Wars. What if? Uh, um, okay. All right. Questions. Question round two. You sir. You come on up. Join us right here. DJ, give it up for DJ, everybody. Wicked, wicked. Tell him your name, DJ. Uh, DJ. Okay, so now that we're in a world where, you know, Marvel and DC have kind of like, you know, the starting five is kind of, you know, out of the way and you're on the bench characters and you're doing stuff like Echo Shows and all that. What's like a, a sub-tier character, like B or C tier, that you guys would want to write for? Whatever medium, whether it's comics, movie, TV show that you think would be interesting, just to pluck some weird, obscure character that people don't know, like Blue Beetle, or like Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle, and write for them in some form. Hmm. Give it up for DJ. In the Marvel Universe or DC? Mm. In the Marvel Universe, they did a comic book series years and years ago, I and mean, we're talking 30 years ago, called Fool Killer, which I always really loved. You remember Fool Killer? Fuck, that would make a good-ass series or something like that. But you're talking deep cuts. Although not as, you know, about as deep as Guardians of the Galaxy when they announced that, and they turned it into something special. Um, his outfit, it was an old Marvel character and then they kind of updated him and his outfit was kind of kooky, but he was like a vigilante, mm. um, fool killer. He killed fucking fools. <laughs> it's right there in the title and shit. Um, so yeah, I would go for him for, uh, for Marvel. Let me see on the DC side. I mean, I always say this, so it's nothing new. The question is my favorite DC property, which I think would make an excellent live action, uh, piece, man, because question has no eye sockets no nose holes no mouth no ear holes it's just this fucking flesh like the face with no fucking features that is so unnerving like if you turn around an alleyway and you saw batman you'd be like who's got that much money to dress up like this but if you turn around and you saw a dude with no fucking face you would piss yourself and surrender instantly because <laughs> you're like up is down black and white what the fuck is going on i think that would look cool rendered in the real world and we've seen it in horror movies. Sometimes they do people with like no features. Like even in um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, at one point, uh, fucking uh, Black Bolt's mouth went away. And still, right. Imagine taking all that shit away. It's just horrifying. So those would be my two. What's yours? I think for Marvel, um, they, they, they glance at it in the MCU, mm -hmm. but I've always loved uh, Damage Control. Oh, yeah. As, a, as an idea. You do a whole ass book about that, a whole ass show. I mean, there's, there's a workplace comedy to be had and the people who have to clean up after, you know, fucking Galactus comes to Earth and destroys most of New York, but then they've got to fucking rebuild New York by the next day so that people don't fucking lose their minds. And it's a workplace comedy. It's a workplace comedy. It's the insurance agents slash construction people who fucking rebuild. You could easily MCU. do The Office in the Marvel Universe. Mm hmm yeah, so I've always loved that, like, because it's funny and ridiculous and also good superheroes. So that's Makes cool. sense. Um, I think, and this is based entirely on, on like six minutes from the Constantine movie that was with Keanu Reeves. 
Papa Midnight, um, yeah. I think is like a fantastic character. character and so evocative. Um, I would love to do a, a, a real like Papa Midnight show. Um, not really a movie because I don't I don't know if there's like the bigness of a movie that doesn't feel like Constantine. But you could do episodic. Type but episodic, adventures. you know, you get to be like X Files, but also like magic and horror shit. And I think there's he's super. Can we get German Hunsu back to play fucking Papa oh, Midnight shit. for a good, show? Good pull. No, I just saw him in Gran Turismo, so he's on my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, fucking two fine answers there. Two man. fine well answers. Well done, kids. All right, we go for a third question. Over third question. Uh, do with a mustache. Yeah, you do. With no, the not you. The dude behind you. See, that's a mustache. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude's like, I am a dude with a mustache. We'll get to you, mustache. Come on up, man. What's your name, Captain? Give it up for V. V. Now that's a mustache. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Uh, and thank you for coming here. Huge fan and oh. very, very happy to be here. Um, my question is about the state of Marvel um, and what you guys think about that today. So I heard this on a podcast somewhere and I thought that it was a very interesting idea that um, Michael Jordan was bad for basketball because he was so good that nothing ever lived up to that for anyone ever again. And I think that that's kind of what happened with the Avengers Endgame. It was so good that we just haven't liked anything as much after. Um, and just the thought of that kind of sits with me. And, and I just wonder what you guys think about that. Give it up for me. Is, is Marvel bad for movies? Or was Endgame bad for Marvel? I think it's Endgame. Was Endgame bad for Marvel? Yes. Uh, uh, yes and no. It, no in as much as what a triumph it was to tie all those movies together bring all those characters together in what they said was one ongoing storyline that they didn't plan for in the beginning, but kind of hoped for, and that eventually manifested. It's a fucking magic trick. You know, people will try to replicate that and never be able to replicate it and stuff. It was just a series of happy accidents that led to like a finely paved road and a landing strip for a fucking entire series to come in for a graceful, graceful landing. Uh, the problem is, is there was a graceful landing and it told this gigantic sprawling story and tied up a lot of loose ends. Now, doesn't mean that, you know, those characters can't warrant more storytelling, which as we've seen, they were just like, let's keep going. And of course they assumed rightfully, that's what we wanted is just more and more and more. But there has been this kind of like, eh, since Endgame, because Endgame was so fucking epic. And something that even if you love those movies, you never thought you'd see in this lifetime. So I think they have had a hard time topping themselves. And it feels like, I mean, you know, the, the easy answer would be like, well, they should have stopped at Endgame. But like that was never going to fucking happen because they could still print money off these things. But I feel like a lot of people checked out with Endgame where they were just like, well, that's it for me. I saw my marbles and I'm good. And once they start being like, well, hold on, there's fucking five new TV shows. That's when people were like, that's too much fucking time. You can get me for like a movie or two a year, but what the fuck? Like 10 episodes in a row? Fuck this noise. So you had a lot of attrition, a lot of people jumping off and whatnot. I don't know that it means the quality has necessarily gone downhill, although I will say this. When they started making this shit, they didn't know if they were going to be making this shit, right? They're making Iron Man like, we hope this fucking works. So they dreamed about the future. They didn't write for the future. They wrote for that one fucking movie and they put all their talent and effort into one story. 
Now they do that for 10, 20 stories happening at the same time. And that just becomes a question of quality control. If you're looking, if your entire company is looking at one story, every detail is going to be poured over. All the love and attention is being poured all over that project. If you're spreading all those people out over multiple projects and you're all trying to meet deadlines so that a story connects and shit. And as we heard recently, like the folks that made the Dr. Strange multiverse of madness movie hadn't even read WandaVision. You know, like WandaVision achieved something in and of itself. And then when Elizabeth Olsen got to set for Multiverse, she was like, did you guys see what we did on WandaVision? They're like, there's a WandaVision, you know? So they're all kind of creating in the dark, you know, not necessarily in collaboration anymore because there's so many moving pieces. And I think that coupled with just like, you know, Mark was talking about earlier tonight, how many times are you going to see the origin of something? where, you know, he describes Blue Beetle, which he enjoyed, but like describes it as like something a lot of people have seen before. All of that kind of kicks in to make it easier for people to step away from Marvel when they did. Even people that were like never into comic book movies who joined up for the ride and stuff. But it feels like that would have been a jump off moment for a lot of people. Um, and then it just so happens that during that next phase, they took some missteps where a bunch of the people that were like, I'm here for ride or die for Marvel. Like, well, maybe not that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if you could have played it any other way other than to like, just make movies that people cared about more or something like that, or make movies with every character that was in Endgame, right? Because they started telling stories without traditional Marvel characters that they've introduced you to over the course of 10, 15 years. Bless you. So, um, man, I, I don't fucking know. I'm a huge Marvel fan, but I have felt since Endgame, it's like, well, fuck, man, you got to really go far to impress. They've come up with some TV series that have been, like, impressive in their own regards. I thought WandaVision was amazing and a big, like, step forward in storytelling for them and could, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with, like, Infinity War and Endgame. It's like, you know, a lot of people point to Infinity War and Endgame as the last time Marvel was quote-unquote good. I, you know, I would say like, well, the big bellwether of that was WandaVision. It was, it captured the entire nation's imagination at that time when they were going episode by episode. Everyone was dialed in and kind of invested. It's tough to keep that kind of enthusiasm going, man. Like, especially if you're going to inundate people constantly. Here's a bunch of movies to come see the multiplex. Here's a bunch of TV shows you could watch as well. You know, there's a lot to keep up with. And it's not like Marvel had their time. They're still going to have their time, but it feels like after Endgame, people were like, I'm satisfied. Like a good section of the audience felt like they were satisfied. Me, I'm there every week for it. Whatever they want to do, I'm here for it. Some stuff I know is gonna, I'm going to love. Some stuff like whatever won't hit me as much. Some stuff will be the Eternals. Um, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, I'm here for it. But I've seen a change as well. What about you? Um, I mean, I, I sort of... The, the Michael Jordan analogy, like I'm not sure how solid that is, given that before Michael Jordan, you had Magic and Larry Bird, right? And they were playing, Magic was playing while Michael Jordan was playing. After Michael Jordan, you get Kobe Bryant. After Kobe Bryant, you get LeBron James. Like there seems to be a kind of generational wave that requires a bit of time between those waves before the apex gets to hit. And I think what happened after Endgame 
is that there was no lull in the wave, right? Like what we needed, I think, was space and time mm. away. We needed a little bit of like, we got to rotate the crops. We got to let this field lay fallow. We got to let an audience miss us a little bit. Instead, they had Spider-Man. There was where no- they were like, it ain't just Spider-Man. It's fucking Green Goblin from a whole different fucking movie. Yeah. And people are like, holy shit, take more of that Avengers money. You know, and I, and I, and I just think that, that, yeah, like every story needs to have an ending, even a long running story that you love, you know, and TV has taught us that, right? Like other than soap operas, at some point you're coming to the end of your story, be it three seasons, be it 12 seasons, be it one season of greatness, there has to be an ending. That's how we process story. And so the idea that the Marvel Universe story could never end made it feel kind of like, well, all right, A, you're cheapening that end game a little bit by it not being an end game, just a sort of pause in the action, like a seventh inning stretch, and then coming back to stuff that never quite hit that hard. Um, and I like some of those movies. Like I like Shang-Chi quite a bit. I like, you know, No Way Home quite a bit. There's some of those movies that are good, and there's some that aren't, and there's still a half-formed celestial somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean that we just don't talk about. His head sticking out. Yeah, nobody's like, ever been like, shouldn't we clean that up? Yeah, it's like flight plans have to divert around a fucking half-born god that's in the middle of... <laughs> but okay. If you'll look out your window to the right, <laughs> uh, you'll see a half-dead or dead alien god who's yeah. been in the ocean for quite some time. We don't talk about it anymore, but uh, there it is, kids. You know, like I just... He is eternal. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's that seems to have been some of the audience's response to the to the ongoing MCU initiative. And we were pummeled during the pandemic and just post pandemic with a bunch of TV shows, some of which were good, some of which not so good, some of which were secret invasion. Um, Somebody goes mid <laughs> mid that like it just kept begging the question why like why are we doing this what is the what is the ongoing initiative that we're building towards is it just to have stuff to have stuff is it and and does that service the thing that we love anyway just more is not always better unless it's pizza and or blowjobs um and so like to his point it's maybe we should have taken a break Maybe we should have given it some time for an audience to miss it a bit more. Like, it's, it's how I feel a little bit about Star Wars, which is Star Wars was a nostalgia-driven enterprise, yeah. and you cannot be nostalgic for a thing you get all the time. Yeah. So, like, give me some space. <laughs> you know, take some time. Make me miss you a little bit, and then figure out for real what you're doing next and do it well, um, as opposed to just shotgunning shit at me like I'm, a, like I'm a, in the audience of a basketball game and there's a dude just firing a, a T-shirt cannon into my face and only my face. <laughs> Here's another shirt. Here's another shirt. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I just, I, I, wish, I wish that I had a chance to miss it and that I might be able to forgive the stuff that's not that great because then I'm just glad I got it as opposed to be like, I could slow down, buddy. I don't need any more T-shirts to the face. Fucking hey, man. There's an answer to that question. Give it up. Great question. We did it. We did it. Uh, you, young lady.
Right. Like a superhero version, a superhero of, version of my character. Um, like yeah, well, Blunt Man and Chronic was certainly that. That's about as close as I can get and feel comfortable, oddly enough, because I'm like, well, all this shit is real. You know, like fucking if Randall becomes a superhero, I'm like, well, fucking why would that's not real? But Jane Silent Bobby could always do like the Snoopy thing. Like whenever Snoopy was flying around on a sop with Camel, you know, I, I always understood it as be like that's what he's imagining. Like, that's not really happening. There is no real Red Baron and shit like that. So that's, to me, was Blunt Man and Chronic was Jay and Sil always in Jay and Silent Bob's head. I think that's as close as I would get. But I would do deep dives on, like, origin stories. Like, there's a, there's in Quick Stops, there's a, a Veronica story I wanted to do about, like, it's, it's almost like Freaky Friday, where her and her daughter switch places and she finds out, like, what her mother was like. And it happens on the day of clerks and shit with like 37 dicks and all that shit. So I would, I might do it in that. The, the next, they just announced it. The uh, next Quick Stop series um, begins in November, I think it is. And it's uh, Cash Cow, The Secret Origin of Movie. And it's so fucked up. It really is like one of the most fucked up things I ever wrote and stuff. It's very like grown up and shit, very murder mystery where you're like for movie and you're like yeah yeah oh my god it's fucking cool uh what about you uh i i is there a world in which and i'll run it by you because this is your universe yeah so i'd have to get uh permission from the licensor well thank you um i i love because i think there was a soap opera that did something like this at some point where like it was just fucking average mundane shit for like 20 years and then they decided Oh yeah, by the way, there are vampires in Portugal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, General like, Hospital, like up there ante quite a bit. Where suddenly know, the storylines were like, that's more comic book than anything. Yeah. Else. Is there a weather dominator in fucking Port Charles? Yeah, there is. Um, and so the idea that like it's a little Shaun of the Dead, but it's like, hey, so like, are there vampires in this world? And just they don't notice because they don't give a shit. Right. And then slowly people start getting bitten and they're like, how come nobody's coming out during the day anymore? Like, I don't fucking know, snooch. <laughs> <laughs> so we know who said that. <laughs> we know how that goes. And then like Silent Bob gets bit and then suddenly gets like really talkative and seductive because he's been bitten by like fucking the Franklin Jello version of dracula See, it's so weird like i'm i'm reacting poorly to this because i'm like that would never happen <laughs> but i know we're make-believing and shit so i should ease up and be okay with it yeah. but i'm like no fucking no if they get bit then one of them has to die no it's not zombies it's vampires nobody's gonna die right but then if you don't kill him he turns other people into vampires and shit then the whole, yeah, like if it was Dante, like Dante had to die. That's why I killed him in Clerks 3, so he didn't become a fucking vampire. <laughs> Spoilers. I mean, all I'm saying is that like the quick stop could eventually become like a blood bank that <laughs> vampires just show up to that's only open like 7-Eleven. Vampire clerks. Vampire clerks. Transylvania clerks. We hit it. See? Clerkula. <laughs> Scream, clerkula scream. <laughs> That's for Super Veronica. 
She's pushing Super Veronica. Fucking A, yeah. Did you copyright Super Veronica? I mean, I'm just in this fucking vampire clerks world right now. I know. You're, you're writing over there. Once again, you're sharing a good idea. Shut the fuck up. Hey, man, I can't do anything with this stuff unless you say so. Where else do we want to go? I don't know. Who else got questions? Go ahead. All right, I'm going to go with the other mustache guy because I feel bad. Yeah, nice. The time to fucking vindicate him. What's your name? Joe. Give Joe. it up for Joe. Joe's next. Uh, in The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 5, The Mandalorian ends up in Tatooine, and he goes to Cantina. And in Star Wars, Obi-Wan and Luke go into the Cantina and are told that the, dro the droids aren't allowed there. But when The Mandalorian's there, the droids are working there. So if you could go and see another location years later and how it changed, what would it be? Oh, man. Give it okay. up for him. Great question. <laughs> So what would I like to go? And it's in the Star Wars universe? Any place? Oh, A place we visit one point and then the story catches up with it years hence. That's true. I mean, I kind of lived it a little bit with Clerks 3. But if I was to go back to a place that they never went to back to in the Star Wars universe, like I always thought Hoth was so amazing. And how come like nobody's ever gone back to Hoth? Um, I felt like in that one movie that Ryan Johnson directed, like remember they were on the gambling planet? Yeah. And they had Sadly, those, I remember the gambling yeah, planet. They had those weird creatures that were running around. Mm -hmm. I was like, why couldn't those have been Tauntauns? I know I'm pushing for Tauntauns really hard. <laughs> pushing hard. But um, Hoth, was, you know, you can go back and be like, they had a fucking huge battle here, man. They had giant snow walkers and shit like that. Um, sooner or later, I bet you they go back to Hoth. But what would i do if it wasn't that like something that i would just like to go back to i don't know i remember when i saw the trailer for jaws 2 i was so excited that it began with the orca <laughs> sank in the bottom of the ocean i was like holy fuck they know about the orca too so I, I i don't know you could really please me with anything maybe i mean they just did it this summer in flash they took us back to michael keaton's back cave and i was like oh, it's exactly like i left it and the kitchen as well yeah I'm easy to please, though. What about you? Um, I kind of want to see what uh, what Cloud City looks like. You know, years after, later. Years later, like after Lando leaves to become a fucking space general. Just Lobot in charge. Yeah, like and it fucking runs right. You know, like we got the shit on the on the money. Like everybody's showing up. Labor is taken care of. There's no issues with like a fucking weird ass swindler making random laws about shit. Like no swindling but me. Um, the Empire's not welcome here anymore. Like, I just, I, I feel like it'd be like a, a gentrified version of Cloud City. Or another opportunity for like a workplace comedy. <laughs> yeah. Meet Lobot. <laughs> he's in charge, but he's front rated. Did I ever tell you, um, I had, I gotten approached and it never really worked out. Um, but I think it was like Del Rey or Random House, whoever does, there's a, there's a series of books that it's called from a certain point of view. Right. And they're Star Wars anthologies, and it's like, what, you know, just pick a scene and kind of illuminate a different thing, a moment in that particular movie that nobody's seen, but might feel like it could be in canon, but you just never got a chance to take a look at it. Um, and I pitched a story, they approached me like, hey, do you want to write one of these? I'm like, yeah. And I pitched them a story about um, the guy who trains Tauntauns on Hoth. Right. And like, this is my dream fucking story. This is your dream story. 
And it's about like the guy who like, you know, he finds his litter of tauntauns and there's one that's like, you know, a little bit, you know, weak as horns aren't created quite right, but he fucking- <laughs> The Rudolph of tauntauns? The Rudolph of tauntauns. And he's like, hey man, just, I love this fucking tauntaun. And I put him, I stitched his leg. I bound the broken limb and whatever and raised him the, the, like the bottle in the mouth and all that stuff. And he's like, all right, hey, you're ready. You're my favorite tauntaun. I love you so much. And then in comes fucking Han Solo, who's like, I got to go find Luke. And this guy's like, all right, Rudolph. I'm, I'm like, this is the one. Like, you're the strongest. You're the best of them. You can fucking go. And so when he tells Han, you'll freeze before you, go to the, you get to the first marker. Right. He's like, this is my favorite fucking tauntaun, you son of a bitch. And I'm giving it to you because Luke Skywalker is that important. Right. He's like, you'll get back alive on this tauntaun. Or, or he knows he's going to die. He's like, or he knows the tauntaun is going to die. Like, Luke is so important, he's willing to sacrifice his favorite tauntaun to let Han Solo go out and find him. He th well, all right, so he's not doing it going like, well, this, is, this tauntaun's fucking dead meat. Yeah, he is. It's old yeller. It's like, you're my favorite fucking tauntaun. You're going to die out there, but you'll give Han Solo the best chance of finding Luke Skywalker. <laughs> by being like a human fucking heating compartment. Right. Or just by like, you'll take him the furthest, you'll take him the fastest. Maybe he's got like a 5% better chance of finding that dumb farm boy than any other tauntaun I have here. I'm giving you the fucking Bambi of tauntauns. This is like the Marley and me of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's the fucking tragedy of the dude who's like, I've raised you since you were a pup. Now you have to go off and die. Why is it about the dude? Fuck him, man. Like he's because not the, the tauntaun's like, I'm the one that gets split open, you fuck. Because the tauntaun doesn't talk, Kevin. Oh, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> totally. So everything's projected. Yeah, that's true. Fuck, man. I want to see that now. You've described something in Star Wars that I would really like to watch. Yeah, they were like, no. And I don't know why. It's amazing if you're watching that and you like don't piece together like, oh, it's going to be that Tauntaun. Yeah. Oh, you the most famous Tauntaun ever. <laughs> the one There's that a fucking statue of him in like Tauntaun oh, City. All the Tauntauns talk about him like he's the one that got cut the fuck open, man. <laughs> the first marker. After he died. Bamf. Oh, that, bad fans. That Tauntaun got multiple action figures already. How could you not True. write more story about something that already had an action figure? That's mm. true, man. You could buy, when I was a kid, they had the Star Wars Tauntaun with the split open belly. You know, so you for could kids. stick fucking Luke in. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't see his guts or anything, but you could stick him inside the Tauntaun and shit. They had a Tauntaun sleeping bag as well. That's amazing. Fucking a, All right, more questions. We'll do one more uh, and then we'll get out of here. You, sir. Yes, with the hat. Come on up. What's your name? Chad? Chad or Chad? Chad, give it up for Chad, everybody. So I want to say thank you, Mark, for coming to the East Coast. Um, and Kev, this everything you do is amazing. The one thing I, I had a question I really wanted to ask, um, but I would be remiss. Um, this is the first time my son has come to a Kevin, Kevin Smith show. I've come many times. I gave you a drawing. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but um, can he come up and ask his question? Yeah, totally. So, um, like you, I love my kid, um, but yeah. He, he, 
we've watched a lot of movies uh i've showed him over the years your movies um and mark this is the first time uh he has actually met you so hi, hi. i don't remember it if this wasn't i'm parker give it up to parker man can't lose parker uh I was just going to ask which of the characters you've made, both of you, uh, what your favorite is. <laughs> what, what your favorite character out of the characters you have made. I'm sure someone has asked this before, but. I don't think anyone has asked before. Give it up for him, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Or you could sit sit down. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> It'd be weird for you to sit there the whole time, us talking to you, and just nodding after Silent Bob. It. Um, who has been my favorite character that I ever created? I mean, I should be like Silent Bob, but like he—that was not my favorite character. That was kind of an answer to Jay, and some would say Jay, but I didn't create Jay. Jay is Jay. So I just stole his character and put it in a movie. Harley. That's adorable. She is made of my cum, isn't she? Um, Partly. Um, But I took it to mean like a character I created. And I would say, who do I love the most? I don't know, maybe Brody to some degree. Because Brody is, uh, seems immortal. Like, uh, you know, he's, he, he is kind of a watcher. And he also, like, did a thing before the whole world did a thing. He was the internet before the internet existed. And then we all found a bunch of Brodies. And we all turned out to be Brodies ourselves. Um, I do. I like that character. And I owe that to Walt Flanagan. Because Walt Flanagan was the model for Brody. And I always thought he was just so fucking interesting. I was like, here's this grown-ass man that loves comic books so deeply, he'd fight for them. Like, that that just really fucking drove the, the character for me. And, um, you know, we've used him, of course, in Mallrats, and then he popped up later on in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. And I've created a lot of fucking characters, but that one, what, Onomatopoeia? That's a cool character as well. Green Arrow. And that was me adding something to a medium that I used the medium's word. I always thought that word onomatopoeia was very cool. It means something like when you see the word crash or smash or fucking pow, that's onomatopoeia. And so creating a character that only spoke in onomatopoetics was kind of fun for for comic books. I feel like that was a nice add to the medium. I do like that character, but not as much as Brody, I think. I think Brody's the thing I... I'm, I like the most of everything. Like of all my characters, who would I want to hang out with? Brody. Like he would remind me of like a very happy time in my life and like when I was deeply involved in comics and shit. When the only thing that mattered was like, you know, fucking Mr. Toad's wild ride and shit. That's mine. What about yours? Um, Favorite character I've created. Um, It's tempting to say Adora from Adora in the Distance. Yeah. you know who I who will I you be signing like. that at your signing tomorrow? I will be signing whatever people put in front of me. Um, I no, I for real, I'll sign anything. Dicks included. Dicks man. included. Well, that's I've, tomorrow, folks. If you're in the Jersey area at Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash, 
we're having a signing for Mr. Mark Bernard, and he's got his book, Messenger, just came out. The Legend of Muhammad Ali, indeed. And he'll be signing Adora. Uh, a, a, a you'll also be signing. What's your fucking Star Wars book? It was uh, a story in Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red. Nice. An anthology that Marvel did. Um, when is the sign? It's from noon till three. Noon to three tomorrow. Noon to stash. three at the Secret Stash. Roll on by, get something signed by Mark. And then at night, we're hosting. Keep calm and curry on the Tim Curry double feature, man. Yes. Come watch Clue and Legend with us. Um, but I think it's it's uh, Destiny Ajay, the main character of a book called Genius that I did. Okay. Um, and Destiny, the, the, the pitch of the book is if every generation gets his military genius and Alexander the Great, uh, Norman Schwarzkopf, uh, Hannibal, whatever, what if our generation's uh, military genius was a 17-year-old uh, black girl from South Central LA who's had enough shit and decides to unite the warring gangs of LA and take on their, their biggest enemy, which is the LAPD. Um, and so the thing that I love about that character is that she is, she's the loneliest character I've ever written because mm -hmm. she, it's a bit of the, it, I, do you remember broadcast news? Yeah, fuck yeah, I remember broadcast news. There's a, there's a, there's a question that I think a character asks the Holly Hunter um, character. It's like, don't you hate being, or don't you love being the smartest person in That's the That's one of my favorite scenes in, the, in and all she of says, cinema where he goes, it must be. It must be great. It must to be, be great to be so right all the time. Yeah, to be the smartest person. She's like, God, no, I hate it. Yeah. The, She's like, no, it's terrible. The isolation of being brilliant, the isolation of being a little broken, the isolation of thinking nine steps ahead but not being able to really form friendships because there's something deficient in her brain. Um, I just love that idea of somebody who was very, very good at one thing and awful at everything else. And so I just, there's something about her that I, that I keep wanting to keep writing. Whereas I think Adora's story is done. Like I think, and if you've ever read the book, you know the arc of that book. And, and so like, I'm never like, sure, I can write more stories in that world. I can even maybe make up some stories about her, but Destiny is the one that I kind of keep coming back to and kind of keep gravitating towards because she's broken. And I think broken characters are just very, very interesting to write and, uh, and a ton of fun. And I think people see themselves in the flawed more than they see themselves in the perfect. And we're all a little bit broken. And so that's why I kind of love her the most. Okay, hey, good answer. Give it up for them, kids. You got one, man. That shirt alone fucking earned you. Come up on stage. What's your name? Give it up for Tony, kids. Um, it's not really a question for you to answer. It's more of a favor. Mm. Forgive me, I'm nervous. Um, came from Oklahoma just for this. Okay. Oh shit. Uh, and were the wind whipping across the plains when you left? <laughs> Very much so. Throwing Excellent. me across. Uh, but no, uh, I just want to ask you guys to give it up for my wife, Carmen, for enduring this vacation, this nerd vacation. She's Carmen! <laughs> but that's it. And, and, and thank you. I listen to you guys religiously, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Give it up for him. Give it up for Carmen. Good job, Tony. Sometimes, man, there has to be the other person in a relationship who's like, I don't know anything about this shit, but if it makes you happy, I'll be there. That's fucking wonderful right there. You need red state? In what way? 
a medium. It's come. It's uh, I mean, knock wood, but I think it's coming back. We've been talking to Lionsgate about them picking it up and re-releasing it with a new cover and shit. So Red State may be in your future very soon. Um, that's so weird that like to you, I'm Red State. Like I meet people where to me, to them, I'm Degrassi. And they have no idea about the rest of my career. They're like, you're the guy from Degrassi. And I'm like, well, I'm one of the guys from Degrassi. I, I think Drake is the guy from Degrassi now. <laughs> but they're like, you, that's how I know you. You were on Degrassi. And then there are people that just know me from certain aspects of the work. And Red State, I'll take that. I like anybody that knows Red State. Um, but thank you for making the trip from Oklahoma. Was it worth it? It's nice here, right? Yeah, yeah. If you've never been to Jersey, kids, come on, fucking visit. It's a garden state. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking literally, we put it on the license plate and shit. Um, and while you're here, always come visit us at Smod Castle Cinemas, where the movies come to play. That's where we've been hanging out tonight. Or you can go see Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in fucking Red Bank. Or you can go to the actual quick stop from those fucking movies and stuff. Do all fucking three in a day, man. Um, that's what you get here at the Jersey Shore. We're out of show? We're out of show. We're out of fucking show. Kids, have you had a good time? Uh, don't forget, come out and see us. for. We got tickets on sale for a bunch of stuff. I think November, no, September 30th, Babylon is coming back. So you can Ooh. get tickets for that online right now at uh, smodcastcinemas.com. Uh, we got a bunch of movies coming up that you can come see. Uh, Tusk is coming next weekend, but it's sold out. Uh, Jersey Girl with Joey Adams is sold out as well, but we'll be adding some other stuff. Uh, but I'll be around all month, so we'll be doing things and shit. Uh, give it up for the guy without whom we don't get fed out into the world, man. Banff man himself, JC. And give it up for the man without whom there is no fat man beyond the fucking real brains of this operation. Marvelous Mark Bernard and kids. And that, I guess, is Fat Man Beyond for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. Tune in next week. Same fat time, same fat channel. Smodcast.com or YouTube.com slash Kevin Smith. Jeff's kiss, everybody. Good night. This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com.